And good morning. It is a Thursday edition of the program. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Busy day on tap. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. We're two days away. Hiring and community event this Saturday. Starts in the morning. If you're thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department where they have competitive salaries, great bonuses, excellent benefit packages available, and what you should do is you should show up. 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, the Public Safety Building. Be prepared for the written test, the agility test, which, again, I passed. This guy, look at this face. Look at this face. I passed the agility test. You can, too. You can go through the entire process right there. Also get some more information. If you're not sure yet, you can ask those questions. And then later on in the afternoon, even if you're not thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, bring the kids out. Get them in their costume. It's a fun, safe environment for a trunk or treat. 410-887-5542. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com for information. Coming up this morning, we are going to start getting ready for Ravens Cardinals. We'll check in out in Arizona with actually two different folks uh, that we know. One, uh, my old buddy Dan Minucci, former NFL quarterback, now with Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. We'll preview the Cardinals, but we'll also, of course, talk Diamondbacks. They're going to the World Series. We'll get some thoughts from him about that. And in just a few minutes, our buddy uh, Victor Demukeji, who's having a very nice season. Three and a half sacks this year. M- maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe he could be uh, on the. Maybe say it, think, thinking he's available. Um, uh, boys, Latin, Baltimore native Victor Demukeji, who's uh, having a bit of a breakout season for the Cardinals. Uh, we will chat with him ahead of Sunday's matchup with the Ravens. Speaking of the Ravens, Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, ESPN analyst, he worked uh, last Sunday's game, Ravens Lions, for ESPN Radio. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw from the Ravens in their blowout win and what he thinks of moving forward and, you know, this whole trade deadline thing. And uh, we'll make some picks today with our buddy Ken Zalis as well. So all of that on the way. I spent a minute on this last night on uh, 105.7 The Fan. So for the maybe two of you that listen. Well, I'm excited. I haven't heard this yet. He didn't bother to listen? Uh, Yeah, thanks a lot, Griffin. No, I didn't. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't have time. Yeah, yeah. it's maybe not something that you openly admit. No, <laughs> like, I'm excited. Well, you think I listen to you, you jackass? God, no chance. You suck. It's maybe not, you don't not what lead I with that. Maybe maybe you say something like... I meant to say I'm excited to hear this again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anything other than, what, listen to you? Only if I get paid... No chance. Otherwise, jag off. Um, I know. I trust me. I roll my eyes too when John Harbaugh is flippant and dismissive. Roquan Smith doesn't practice, and he's just like, "Well, <clears throat> there will be an injury report coming out." Like, I get why we're bothered by it. I do. And I far be it for me to be the one. I have, I think I've talked about this before. I have, a, I've had to evolve a little bit on this over the years. I, I don't get worked up about it anymore. Now, part of that is I'm not on the beat. If I was still on the beat, it would annoy the bejesus out of me. Like, dude, why? Why can't? What about saying 
yes, he's dealing with a shoulder. What? It's going to show up on the injury report. How does that give any benefit whatsoever to the Arizona Cardinals? We're here. We show up. We stand out there like idiots. You don't let us watch anything that's real. We're only allowed to watch the special teams warm up. We, we've got to suffer through this. In order to know that Roquan Smith wasn't out there, could you at least give us a thought as to why that might not be the case? What difference does it make if John Harbaugh says, yeah, he's got a little bit of a, a shoulder thing. We're going to see how that goes. And that's it? That's the end of it? How is that helpful to the Cardinals? So if I was out there, I would, I'd be annoyed by it. I'm not, so it doesn't really affect me. It makes no difference to me whether John Harbaugh tells me at the podium at whatever time he met with the media, 12, 1, whatever it is. Two. Two, whatever. Or I see it on an injury report that was supposed to come out at 4, but it came out at like 4.30, whatever time it came out. It makes no difference to me. I, I don't care. Now, they're going to be, like today, Mike McDonald will go to the podium and he'll be asked about it and he'll be dismissive of it. He'll say something like, I don't know, guys, that's, uh, that's not really for me to comment on. Whatever Mike McDonald will say. And then if Roquan Smith still isn't out there by tomorrow, then you'll largely have your answer even before John Harbaugh speaks to the media or the final injury report comes out. If Roquan Smith doesn't practice at all this week, he's probably not playing. If there's something more serious going on, presumably it will be leaked to one of the national media types because media partners, and it's important that I say it that way. One of the national media partners, because they have a business relationship, and because Roquan Smith is a prominent enough player that it would be newsworthy. So, I, I don't I don't love that. I'd be annoyed by it if I was still on the beat, but that's normally the way these things go. Does... Is there any reason why John Harbaugh has an obligation? One of the things that we say sometimes that we think is really smart. We think we're, when, when the NFL finally started taking advertising dollars for sports betting, there was this thing that people said that they thought sounded really smart. They said, well, now they're going to have to be totally truthful about injuries. They, they're they're going to have to be forthcoming about injuries. They're, if they're going to get in bed with these gambling types, they've got to be more truthful about it. Because why? Because why? You would like them to. I understand that. Because today, for example, if you're thinking about betting the San Francisco 49ers, you'd like to know about whether or not Brock Purdy's going to play. Which I guess we're assuming he's probably not going to play. You'd like to know if Tyreek Hill's going to play, who missed practice yesterday. In some cases, the answer is the coaches genuinely don't know. And that might be the case when it comes to Roquan Smith. I'm not sure. I have no idea if John Harbaugh knows there's something more significant going on or if he's he's just as up in the air as anybody else. But there's no... Congress has not passed some sort of law. I know there's a new Speaker of the House, and I don't know if that's on the agenda, that now that you're taking money from the betting companies, you're going to have to be more forthcoming about injuries. I don't know how that would be enforceable. Like, I have no idea how that would be something that Congress would be uh, capable of enforcing. But there, John Harbaugh 
has no obligation to give more information than he chooses to give. There is an injury report. That is what the NFL requires the Ravens to put out there. Reporters are still allowed into practice, so if a player is not out there, you can't lie about it on the injury report. You're supposed to be truthful on the injury report. And if you're not, then you're supposed to get fined for it. That's kind of the end of it. So forthcoming about Roquan Smith, I I think that the system that, that works is if there's something terribly significant there, then typically a national media partner, someone who does business with the NFL, be it Adam Schefter at ESPN, be it one of their own in-house people at NFL Network, Josina Anderson from CBS, one of their network media partners, people who are involved in billions of dollars worth of business for the NFL, will be informed of what that is so that they can report on it. And the fact that we don't have that so far makes me think that it's probably not all that significant. And I know that's just me inferring. I'm not telling you something with knowledge. But if there was something significant going on with Roquan Smith, I would think that by now Ian Rappaport or someone like that would have had some sort of information given to them about it. That's usually how these things work. That, that's kind of their internal checks and balance system. The, the, the Baltimore Banner doesn't get to be the one to report on it because they don't pay the NFL any money. But the people that have business relationships with the NFL, reporters, they're the ones that get to get that type of information. So that's my guess. But admittedly, it's a guess. I don't know anything. My assumption is if there was something significant going on with Roquan Smith, we, we found out that he wasn't on the practice field midday yesterday, and now it's 10-11 on Thursday. The fact that none of those types have said anything suggests to me it's not serious. Of course, as I say that, at 10-14, there will be a tweet. And then I will say, I'm the a-hole. I am sorry, gang. My bad. I also know that there was the, the never-ending Tyus Bowser saga continued yesterday with um, reporters attempting to approach Tyus as John Harbaugh had suggested there were going to be doctor's meetings this weekend, and maybe that could provide some clarity. Then he said, nope, no clarity, nothing for you. Then Tyus was in the locker room. Normally, you're not allowed to talk to injured players in the locker room. That's normally the way that it, that's the policy that the Ravens have. So I don't know if it was either reporters kind of going rogue and saying, yeah, the thing about that policy is we don't care. Or if it was the Ravens, you know, saying, all right, you, you know, given the circumstances, go ahead. We understand. You can go go ask him. Um, or if that policy's changed, it would seem odd. They don't seem, they don't seem to loosen policies over there. Um, but Tyus decided not to say anything, and I'm not surprised by that, given how this has unfolded. Again, I think that you can do, you can infer. We talked about this with Femi on the postgame show on Sunday. The NFI nature of this, to me, is the reason why everyone is being tight-lipped. Because when you're talking about a non-football injury, now it becomes about payment. And Tyus telling anyone at all anything about it perhaps leaves himself subject to the Ravens trying to not pay him because it's NFI. On the flip side, the Ravens actually have, like, 
until they get this clear that they don't have to pay him, it's a cap problem for them. And with the trade deadline coming up, they would like to have a little bit more cap space. So I don't think it really behooves anyone to talk about it. And again, that's frustrating for us because we want to know. It's the opposite of newfound glory, and I don't want to know. I want to know. I want to know. It doesn't. It doesn't ring off. The, it doesn't work quite as well. Um, God, I love newfound glory. You'll never understand in a new million years. You'll glory. never. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not for you. It's not. They definitely played at that uh, when we were young festival this weekend. Um, <laughs> it's definitely my. It's definitely up my alley, and not up yours. It's okay. It's okay. There are things you're into. Logan Paul. I'll take not newfound into glory. Logan Paul. <clears throat> I have some evidence that suggests otherwise, well, but we'll I mean, talk about it another he's day. Doing... I feel similar about it, the Roquan Smith thing. We want to know. We're we're interested. Do we need to know? We don't. We don't like saying that. It doesn't impact our lives on a day-to-day basis. We just want to know because we're interested, because we're bored, because we don't. Act, nobody actually works any longer. We just make TikTok dances and then sit on the internet all day. Man, so, like, well, I mean, it's what it is. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I thank mean, you. <laughs> You're acting like I'm saying something. Saying something out of turn. My God. The other thing that got everybody worked up yesterday, and I don't have anything to say about it yet, but we will continue to monitor. Of course, um, someone, a reporter in Nashville named Buck Rising, who that just doesn't seem real. Like, there's, dude, your name really Buck Rising? What? It's like- it sounds like you do a thing where you're like a, a, a an influencer in hunting, and that's that's the YouTube name that you came up with, Buck Rising. But no, I am to understand that's actually him, uh, uh, Buck Rising from A to Z Sports, which is a um, a website in Nashville that covers local sports. He reported yesterday that Derrick Henry is very much on the market, and quote: "The Baltimore Ravens are the team most interested in really? acquiring Henry." As of Wednesday, but any potential deal could fall through if the compensation is not right, unquote. Okay, Buck. We'll run that by uh, Mike Tannenbaum for sure here in a few minutes. We'll run that by some other folks, see what they think about it. I My initial reaction was, I'm not telling you I'm opposed. I do think I agree with Aaron Schatz, who s- said yesterday that... Saquon Barkley would be a difference maker because of what he can offer you as a pass catcher. Derrick Henry, and this is the part that's impossible for me. Maybe we'll talk to somebody in Nashville. I don't know that Derrick Henry, at this point in his career, is still dynamic enough that he is a dramatic upgrade. And I know that sounds crazy because we're talking about Derrick Henry. So we'd have to, I'd have to get a better answer. He's averaging 4.3 yards per carry this season. Gus Edwards is averaging four. Now, I get it. One of those numbers is bigger, and it's impossible to understand what would Derrick Henry be doing behind this Ravens offensive line versus what Gus Edwards has done behind this Ravens offensive line. It's just that we've got to be able to talk about Derrick Henry today and not Derrick Henry of four years ago. And maybe Derrick Henry today is still just as good as Derrick Henry is four, uh, four years ago. And if he is, then by all means. But if Derrick Henry is on the decline, if he is starting to go the other way, then I'm not sure how much of an upgrade he is at this point. Not saying he's not an upgrade at all, but the cost would have to be right for that to be the answer for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Just my initial reaction to it. That's all there is right now is just this one kind of rogue report. But this is someone who does legitimately cover the Titans on a day-to-day basis, hosts the radio show in Nashville. He is plugged in. I don't think he's pulling it completely out of thin air. Is it possible it's subterfuge from the Titans? I guess. But we continue to monitor that ahead of the trade deadline. So that's what's going on. All right, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, well, we had to do this uh, yesterday after their practice because of their schedule, getting ready for the Ravens on Sunday, but an opportunity to catch up with the Baltimore native, Victor Demukeji, right here on GCR. Of course, we're getting ready for Ravens-Cardinals coming up this Sunday in Arizona. Joining us now, a man that we've had the opportunity to get to know over the years and what a season he is having. He is Baltimore's own, the pride of boys Latin. He is Victor Demukeji, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Victor, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Appreciate you having me. Dude, uh, what has gotten into you this year, bro? Like, what a moment. I know you'd probably trade some of this in for wins, but how good has it felt putting up three and a half sacks, really kind of having a breakthrough this season? Yeah, you know, I know I wish the season um, will be going a little better, but, you know, I'm just trying to make strides um, in my game and just put my my team in a position to win more games. I understand that, man. Can, Can you take me through how good does it feel, knowing everything that you've had to do, all the work, like that first time that you record a sack in the NFL, can you like you know walk me through? I'm sure it's something you dreamed about for a long time. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had my whole family there because uh, it was against the Commanders, so like most of my family was there, and you know just to have them there when I recorded my first one was, you know, you know it was it was a big deal for me. I I really couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't like breathe for a second because because <laughs> you know it was a long time coming, but um. You know, it just it just showed that the work I put in paid off, and there's more work to be done. That's awesome, man. I, that's so cool that your family was there. Did you did you keep anything from like I? You know, it's a little bit different than like in a baseball. You get to hit a home run, you get the ball back or something like that. Like, do you keep the uh, the cleats or anything given to the family? Oh yeah, I had the cleats and everything. I still got that still, but I also got the uh, the team actually gave me a ball for my first uh, career force fumble <sighs> the same game. So that was kind of cool. That's awesome, man. That is that is really cool. Is it, you know, can you put your finger on maybe, like, what has led to this? Is it just opportunity? Is it as simple as that? Like, opportunity, whatever it is that's led to you having the the chance to show everybody what you're all about this season? I would say, yeah, just me taking the, uh, making the most out of my opportunity. Uh, my teammates helping me out. You know, it's not just me out there, but it's just everything got to be right, being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, the coach, the coach's play calling, you know, the, all of that play into it. So it's just not me doing doing things out there, but it's, it's the hard work I put in overtime and also being put in the right position to make those plays. Has it, has it you know, is there like a weight that's off your shoulders a little? Again, I know it's so hard to talk about because I'm, I'm sure you're like, dude, I'd rather be talking about being 5-2. and two. But, like, I imagine there's got to be a weight off your shoulders of reminding everybody, you know, this is why you wanted me. This is what I can all do. Did you feel any of that? after you started getting a few sacks and making some plays? I wouldn't say it's weight off my shoulders. Um, I always knew what I was capable of. But I would say, you know, it's good to see the hard work pay, paying off, like I said. Um, 
you know, you know, God, God is helping me out a lot, and um, you know, it's just, it's just good to see the hard work paying off all through the summer and the three years I've been here. He is Victor Demukeji. He is with us on GCR as we get ready for Ravens Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, Vic, as far as you mentioned your family, any conflicted allegiances going into Sunday's game? Like, have you talked to anybody who's coming out there and is like, dude, you know I love you, but like, I might be wearing some purple on Sunday? Have you had any of those conversations this week? Yeah, I have a few family members coming out. Um, you know, we like my family. They grew up Ravens fans, but since I've been here, they're pledged to the Cardinals. So okay, whatever team I'm on, that's what they're rooting for. All right, I don't have my jersey on on Sunday. So. You don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. worry. I imagine you might have friends. I don't know if they're coming out or not. That perhaps have, have it's been a little bit more difficult for like family. That's the way it works. Like we've got a favorite mm-hmm. team now because of you. But I'm guessing there might be a friend or two in your life that it's been a little bit more difficult to convert them. Oh yeah, I had some. I had some of my old coaches, you know, reach out to me, you know, telling me they're gonna be watching, you know, playing playing uh, against their hometown team. So, you know, it's gonna be a fun one. The whole city's gonna be watching. So I'm excited for it. No doubt, man. That's gonna be a cool moment for you, um, Vic. You know, you, you, we reference obviously. I'm sure you'd like the season to be going a little bit better. It's interesting because you guys have been like right there, and you've had good results this season, and you've been really competitive in certain moments. Can you put your finger on like what the difference has been between when you guys have been able to threaten and and fight versus maybe not being able to do it as consistently as you want to? Uh, yeah, we've been in like every game this season. We've been been in position to win it. Um, you know the the results haven't came our way, but you know we just have to you know every week we go back get back to work and um you know try to fix the things that we struggle with. But you know it's been unfortunate the whole season. But, you know, it's still 10 more games to be played, and, and, and we plan on turning that around. What, what has been, you know, for, for you guys, like the opportunity? Because it's funny, I, I, get, I get nervous about what you guys did against the Cowboys earlier this season, right? <laughs> like, do, do, you, do you start to feel, like, when you get a game like this and a team that everybody's talking about in the country, do you start to feel any of that, like, yeah, we got something we can go show everybody this Sunday? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't even say just it's it's really any team that we play. You know, it's the culture being built here. You know, every guy want to go out there and compete each and every each and every Sunday. So, anytime we take that field, regardless of the opponent, you know, we feel like we could compete. We will compete, and we'll give them the best that we got. And you know, it's definitely not going to be a perfect game every Sunday. But you know, we play with grit, and you know, we play we play we work hard during the week and and go out there and show them every Sunday. How has uh, how has life changed for you as you've gotten a couple years into your career? I was noticing that you've been asked to do you know a little bit more. Here you are with me, although we've talked a lot over the years. But I've noticed that you've been up at the podium a few times. Have you sensed like you know you're, you're maybe younger guys coming to you? How has your like role changed as you've moved a couple years into your NFL career? Oh yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. You know, seeing like a lot of new faces. The whole time I've been here, you know, different players and, you know, rookies coming in, you know, I felt like it was that time for me to take that next step, not only as a player, but as a leader, uh, you know, showing the young guys what I struggle with as a young player and, you know, just trying to take the next step as far as, you know, just helping guys out and helping the team out, you know, being that leader and that guy advocate that that could teach the younger guys, you know, how to take the next step in their career. I imagine that, you know, as you fall back on some of that stuff that you went through, who who were the guys that you leaned on, right? Like, you, as you were going through those tough times trying to earn your way to now being in a better place, like, who were the guys that you leaned on over the last couple of years as you made your own journey? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a couple guys in the outside linebacker room. Uh, I think Dennis, when I came here, Dennis Gardeck, uh, you know, he was a core special teamer, but he's, uh, you know, he was one of the guys that that helped me out a lot. You know, he used to help me out with, you know, just working on pass rush or just like, you know, giving me words of advice when I was struggling with something. And, you know, guys like Marcus Golden, he's not here anymore. Uh, he's mm-hmm. actually, he actually plays with your rivals now. Yep. But, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk yeah, about that, that, Vic. But, yeah, but that, yeah, but that's one of my, you know, better friends. You know, that's a guy I could lean on, like, outside the football uh, football uh, facility. I could talk to him whenever. And he was always there for me. So guys like those two guys in the outside linebacker room kind of, like, helped me, you know, take that next step, you know, as far as, like, you know, mentally learning the game and also, like, physically, you know, working on different stuff that could help my game. That's cool, man. That's really, really cool that you had those guys to lean on. Um, just another minute or two with here with Victor Demukeji, the Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore native. We're getting ready for Sunday out in Glendale, Arizona. Vic, um, I mentioned, you know, you and I caught up this summer, and you and Quincy and Josh, and man, I know it's got to be a bummer for you that Josh isn't there anymore, but um, you guys were had worked on this thing, and I know it was so important to you, wanted to give back, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, because it, you know it's still pretty rare, right? Like, it's still not like there's a hundred kids from Baltimore that are running around the league like there are from some other places how important has that been for you that you're still you're representing your city, that you're representing this place and that you want to take care of helping the next group of kids from Baltimore to come along to be able to follow in your footsteps? Oh, yeah, it definitely means a lot. You know, as a young kid, I, I think I started playing football like around the eighth grade. And I had to see uh, we actually practiced at Northwest Regional Park right behind the uh, Ravens facility. So, you know, sometimes we had some of those Ravens players come out and then I always used to think like, oh my God, one day I want to, I want to play in the NFL. So being able to be in the position and um, in the position that I dreamt of, you know, it means a lot to me because I'm able to, you know, give back and and show the kids there's more to life. There's more you could reach, you could do whatever you want to, you could achieve your dreams. And you know, being in this position, you know, that's that's really my goal is to show show the guys, the Baltimore guys, that you know, hard work. Hard work pays off in the long run. That's awesome, man. That's it's a cool thing for you to take on and a responsibility. Do do you have any story? Like, do you remember meeting any of those guys? Was there or who was like your like the Raven that you looked up to the most when you were growing up? Um, you know, some of my favorite players, you know, Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, but I actually saw Terrell out here. Uh, yeah. Earlier this year, and um, I I mean I met him like last year, but you know I saw him earlier this year, and we talked a little bit, and I told him I used to come to my rec game and stuff like that. Dude, and um, yeah, we have a, a couple mutual connections, so that was really good to see. You know, you know, it, it just shows. You know, I had to reflect on it and see how how far it came in life. I know, I know, he lives out there in Scottsdale, man. That's cool. Like, did did you like did you play it cool? Did you ask for like a, an autograph or a pick, or are you like, nah, man, I'm I'm I I ain't gonna do that. I don't want him to know that I'm super fanboy. <laughs> Oh, no, I already, like, knew him prior to that, but okay. it was good to see him again, yeah. Okay, that's awesome, man. Vic, we're so happy yeah. for you, dude. It, it's so cool to see you uh, excel. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know we're not rooting for you on Sunday. We're rooting for you, like, personally all the time. You know that, right? Like, you're our guy. Sure. We're not rooting for the Cardinals, of course, on Sunday. <laughs> but we're so happy to see you. Can we remind everybody, um, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that, where can uh, uh, Baltimore folks be giving you a follow? Um, they could give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram, Vic Demukeji, V-I-C-D-I-M-U-K-E-J-E. Dude, uh, congratulations on, and again, I, I know you want more wins, but congratulations on an awesome opportunity to show everybody what you're all about this season and uh, breaking through with those first sacks. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, man. We really appreciate you.
For sure. Appreciate you having me, Glenn. Victor Demu Keiji of the Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore native, getting ready for the Ravens-Cardinals game on Sunday. And, yeah, nice to see him have um, really a, his, his first, like, legitimate moments in the NFL this year and kind of cool that, like, his first big plays came down in uh, D.C. with his family able to get down there and see him against the uh, Commanders earlier this season. We are, we are just moving right along here on a win, the Thursday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Superbook Sports. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or with the Superbook app. And when you do, you'll get a same-day first bet match, win or lose, up to $250. Again, that's GlennClark23, the code G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3 is the code. We're going to get into picks in a little bit, but uh, just updating... Right now, Ravens sitting minus eight and a half on the road on Sunday. That's a big number on the road, man. Big, big number on the road in the NFL. I think it's too much. Then maybe you go the other way. And when you sign up, use that code, GlennClark23, superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. Uh, Joe asked me, uh, Glenn, what do you think compensation would be for Derrick Henry? It's hard to know that. The Titans are kind of in fire sale mode, we think, after they moved Kevin Byard. So you could understand if maybe it's not quite as much as you would have otherwise expected. But I would still think there would be a market for Derrick Henry's services. So to say, would it be a third-round pick? Uh, I think there might be perhaps a little bit more. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I it's hard to get a feel for that uh, so far. Just not a whole lot of rumblings about it. Let's talk a little bit more Ravens right now. Our next guest worked the uh, Ravens game against the Lions this past Sunday here in Baltimore for ESPN Radio. He is former NFL GM, Mr. Mike Tannenbaum, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Good morning. How are you? Everything is good here. I mean, after that on Sunday, how could everything not be good here in Baltimore, right, Mike? Um, you know, that that was obviously an emphatic performance. There's always the thought of, hey, this is the NFL, and sometimes teams just have really good days and other teams have really bad days. It, did you think that Sunday was more of an anomaly, or did you think it might be – what the Ravens had been working towards becoming, and this might be what they're capable of moving forward. Yeah, it sure, certainly shows what their ceiling could be. You know, it was a, a complete win in, in all phases of the game. Um, I thought they looked as good of, uh, as a team could possibly look. Um, I mean, right down the line from Ronnie Stanley to obviously Lamar, Dave Flowers defensively was flawless. I think they had a tremendous game plan. They used the fast, slow defense of the Lions against them. You know, to have an 80 attack is incredibly rare. Um, I, it was a really impressive win. Do anything at all that you came away concerned? Like, you know, now that we are seven games into this thing, and I know you haven't seen all seven of them, Mike, but did you walk away saying, all right, but yeah, this, this maybe does still concern me as far as the Ravens being, you know, like a Super Bowl contender. I know it's hard to think about that because – to your point, just about everybody was on their game on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's about health now. You know, like clearly their A game is clearly good enough to get to where they ultimately want to go. It's, you know, it's what every team's dealing with. You know, 
Buffalo looked incredible beating, you know, uh, Miami a couple weeks ago. And then they've lost, you know, Daquan Jones, Matt Milano, and Tredavious White. So, you know, I think Ronnie Stanley is a really key guy because I think he's so good. And, yeah. you know, Morgan Moses over at right tackle. Like, that. that's really – those are great bookhead tackles. And you show me a good offense, I'll show you a good offensive line. That's a very good point. A lot of times people get frustrated about Ronnie Stanley and the injuries. And you're reminded of why it is the Ravens are happy to deal with the injuries because when you have Ronnie Stanley, geez, it's, it is unbelievable. He's such a good player. Mike, obviously this comes, you know, we see a performance like this just before the NFL's trade deadline, which was never really a thing before, uh, but in the last few years has really become a thing, and Eric DaCosta has been heavily involved the last couple of years, the Roquan Smith move looking like one of the great moves in Ravens history, frankly. Did you, did you identify anywhere you said, okay, but maybe this would be an area they could still think to try to upgrade between now and next Tuesday? Yeah, you know, I think the fun one, Saquon Barkley, yeah. Don't think the Giants will trade at the end of the day, but, you know, with the loss of J.K. Dobbins, look, Gus Edwards, Justice, Justice Hill have played well. But, you know, Barkley, because of what he could do out of the backfield, would be a lot of fun to add to that offense. Just don't know if, uh, you know, the Giants will pull the trigger on that. You, as you bring that up, I guess we've been, and we're talking, talking with Mike Tannenbaum here on GCR. To your point, we have to understand that they're not looking to move him, although, you know, they would, yeah, subterfuge, right? This is the trade deadline. Why would anybody play or tip their cat or tip their hand at all? Um, Derek Henry's name has come up a couple of times. I, I feel like what you're saying is sort of the way that I feel. Like, I, I love Derek Henry. Um, I don't know at this point how dramatically different Derek Henry makes the Ravens than what they already have. I certainly would feel differently about Saquon Barkley as a pass catcher. Would it only be Barkley if you were in at running back? Or do you think that Derek Henry could still, you know, be a significant upgrade for the Baltimore Ravens at this point? Well, I think they're complementary pieces. Like, um, look, the more weapons you have, the more different ways you can attack opponents to be meaningful. And I think Tom Monk had shown his ability to put players in position to be successful. I think Barkley is great on the backfield. I think Denmark, Derek Henry, Fisher, like, I think he would be for a number of teams. So I think those are two guys. If I'm a fan of football, I'm going to keep a close eye on between now and Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Is it crazy for me to think, you know, it, it's when I say this, I know the Ravens are leading the league in sacks at 29. They have, what they have gotten out of Jadeveon Clowney and, and now Kyle Van Noy off their couches is unbelievable, probably a testament to Mike McDonald, but I don't want to just take away anything from the players who have played incredibly well. But am I crazy to think that, like, maybe they would still be well-suited to be in the edge rush market and to try to find someone that they don't have to scheme pressure out of that can just go win, whether that's, you know, a Montez Sweat from down in D.C., if Daniil Hunter were on the market, someone like that. Yeah, I mean, there's always that Bill Walsh axiom, like you want to have fresh fourth-quarter bass rushers. You can never have enough of them, but I think they've done a really good job of, of, of cobbling that together. Right? Like, you know, again, J.J. Beyond Cloudy has played well. I'm really impressed by Justin Matabuike yeah. and how good he's playing. And um, that defense, like I said, like their defense looked good on all three levels. You know, you touched on uh, Roquan Smith. Obviously, um, he's playing well. Um, I also thought like the Arthur Bellets of the world were productive the other day. So, um, you know, could you add another player at some point? Sure, but um, I think that defense, if it could remain healthy, was 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 excellent. Can I ask from a GM's perspective? And clearly, the, you know, the Ravens would like to keep all of their good players. We know the NFL doesn't allow for it. If you had to prioritize, both Matabike and Patrick Queen are going into free agency. Is it as simple as saying, 
hey, hey, you've spent your money on Roquan Smith. No matter how well Patrick Queen's playing, he, he can't be your priority. You have to prioritize keeping Justin Matabike around at this point. I think, you know, the D-line to me would be the priority. He's, a, he's playing really good football. And um, I just think they impact the game a little bit more than linebackers, taking nothing away from Patrick Queen. No, I, I agree. And Patrick Queen's played really well, but I understand the thought process. Mike, um, speaking of a GM's prerogative, we're in an interesting spot with the Ravens. And broadly, the idea of making a trade, every, the, the dumb guy thing to say is you just gave your quarterback a boatload of money, and when your quarterback is going to be soaking up a higher percentage of the salary cap, then your, your draft picks are all that much more valuable and all that much more meaningful. And there's an argument that you shouldn't be trading assets like second, third-round picks because in a salary cap environment, you're going to need to hit on those guys and find value at lesser dollar amounts. Is that Bible that you can't be trading those types of picks, or can you still make it work to trade high draft picks and get players even as you're paying astronomical figures for a quarterback moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you can. It's going to come from somewhere. You can't pay them all. It's a cap system. Um, so you have to make some other choices where other players will have to graduate. And, you know, to have sustainability in our system, you have to hit on your draft choices, draft choices in some meaningful way because at the end of the day, it just matters. You can't really balance your budget, so to speak, any other way. I feel like there was this, like, this number, and I don't remember if it was 13% or 14%, that like until last year a quarterback that was soaking up that percentage of the cap had never won a Super Bowl. But it feels like the Chiefs maybe kind of provided the blueprint, right? Like they, they hit on their draft picks. They drafted really well. And if you can get that type of production from young players, that's the path to winning a Super Bowl while also paying a quarterback, right? It's... Yeah, I think that's right, generally speaking. I mean, I look, I, I understand none of this is Bible, right? Like, I'm talking out of my butt a little bit when it comes to it. But it seems like the way that that would go. Um, can I ask about the, the you know, you, you brought up Todd Munkin, but I also mentioned Mike McDonald. I, I think that there are people in Baltimore that start to worry that he's doing such a good job that maybe he's on the radar for a better job. I know typically teams don't go the defensive route. Um, how highly have you thought of This was a team that I think a lot of people thought were going to take a step backwards after they had lost Justin Houston and Calais Campbell. The job that Mike McDonald has done to have one of the best defenses in football with all of these moving pieces, do you feel like he could start showing up on the radar for head coaching opportunities? Absolutely. You know, he's made young players better. You know, we've talked about the development of Patrick Queen, Matt of Week You get guys like the Arthur Millettes of the world. That's really where you see coaching matters, when you can take fringe players and actually see them develop. So, um, Absolutely. He did a great job at Michigan, um, and he's doing a great job now. So he'll be a head coach one day. It's not a matter of if, but when. All right. We will, uh, we will encourage. We were actually hoping you would say, no, that's crazy, and maybe slow the roll down a little bit because he's doing such a good job here, Mike. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, only because it's a topic we've discussed all week, it doesn't really impact us here. But um, in the aftermath of the Brock Purdy news, I feel like there's been a lot of discussion about the brotherly shove, the tush-push. What do you make of the idea that the NFL would consider banning this? It, it seems so foreign to me to ban a football play, but what, what, what has been your thought about it? I completely agree. I think it's in all four sports right now, it's the most indefensible play. Literally, the opponent knows that it's coming, and they can't stop it. And um, it's really remarkable. They don't have a hard count. They haven't tried any sort of, like, misdirection. It's really remarkable. Um, how effective they are. I give them a ton of credit. 
Um, that's that's excellence at its best, and uh, I'm I'm just an admirer of people that could do things at a really high level. And um, it, I I don't think you could you know you could possibly modify it a little bit, but I, I don't know why you would. I, I think it's you know just. Everyone has the same rules. Go execute at the best level possible. I, I guess Gene Steratore argued that like maybe only one person could push from behind, and that would like it. It it doesn't seem like that was even what was the, the the play was the problem on even Brock Purdy getting hurt. It like it doesn't seem like it's that. If you were the GM of a team, would you have any problem with the team calling it? Would you be worried about injury at any point? It's... Yeah, I guess a little bit, but you know, again, you got to do you, you play within the rules. There's going to be injuries. Um, I don't know feel like Brock Purdy, obviously that's going to bring extra eyeballs to it. But, um, you know, to me, there, there there's so many more plays that haven't shown any injury, you know, where, um, you know, they've run this play basically different versions of it now for a couple of years. Uh, right now, who would be the MVP of the league in your eyes? Um, good question. You know, Lamar's in the conversation for sure. Two is in the conversation. Um, you know, but probably Patrick Mahomes. I know yeah. that's not a hot take, but I get um, it. you know, when it's all said and done, he's he's probably the best player in our sport. I understand it entirely, uh, Mike Tannenbaum. I know you're a very busy man. Is there anything we can plug for you? No, all set. Thanks so much for having me. At Real Tannenbaum on Twitter, Mike. Really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Thanks so much for doing it. It's Mike Tannenbaum with us here on uh, GCR from ESPN. I can't get over continuing to talk about banning this thing. Like, I j- what are we doing? Like, what? Don't don't end up in fourth and one. Like, what? Why are we supposed to feel bad? And I know you're gonna say, well, that's because you haven't played the Eagles. You know, go play the Eagles. It's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair? If they can do it, you can. You know who is unbelievably good at running a fourth and one quarterback sneak? Tom Brady, the least mobile quarterback in history. No one in the history of football ever fell forward quite like Tom Brady. He's supposed to ban falling forward? I was I was talking to Ross Tucker about it last night, uh, who's going to do Ravens-Cardinals on Sunday, of course, former offensive lineman. And Ross Tucker pointed out, like, if you're going to ban pushing players from behind, how many times downfield do you see a running back appear to be stood up for like a three-yard gain and suddenly push downfield for three to four more yards? Are we banning that too? Can there be no pushing of the pile ever again in football? How do you enforce it? It's a very fair question. Imagine... Uh, Justin Tucker's too good at kicking field goals. We're gonna be, no one's allowed to try a longer than sixty yard kick ever again. It's not fair. You're not allowed. No one's ever allowed to try another sixty plus yard field goal. That's it. The, the cutoff is sixty. After that, you either got to go for it or punt. It's absurd to me that we're having this conversation. And it wasn't the actual tush push part. That was the part where Brock Purdy got hurt. You go back and look. It's the initial fall forward. It's bizarre, man. It's a bizarro world where we want to ban something because a team is too good at it. Ah, they're too good. We can't do it any longer. Weird world. All right, when we come back in, we will make picks for the week. Our buddy Ken Zalis will join us next. 
Um, Stan the Fan, no show tonight, but he'll be back next Monday, of course, with uh, Ross and Luke. Every Monday, talking baseball, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Picks next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. 
Thanks to uh, Victor Dimukeji, Baltimore native. Thanks to Mike Tannenbaum for joining us in the first block. Every Thursday, we like to make picks here on GCR, and that means we bring back in our buddy Ken Zalis from Fans Fantasy. No, no, at Fans Fantasy. He's from Fantasy Pros. It's very confusing, and you can also find his rankings at PressBoxOnline.com. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Everything's all right, pal. I, I, did, a, I did a bit this week where I tried to uh, C-block uh, anybody in my league that needed a tight end by claiming uh, Dalton Kincaid myself just because <laughs> I'm starting to uh, be enamored with him, right? And I get it. I know rookie tight ends, the whole thing. Blah, 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 blah. Just sue me. I, 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 I do what I do. So the question is, am I okay to go ahead and drop K.J. Osborne now because I do need uh, a defense for this week. So is K.J. Osborne the play? You'll probably tell me I shouldn't have picked up Kincaid, but it, it, I, I feel like I'm no. all right to drop Osborne. No, Kincaid, Kincaid with knocks out for a while, you know, should get, you know, 80% of the snaps now and, and all the routes. So it, it, he's not he's not a bad pickup at all in, in a league. I mean, if you're not – if you're deep enough at wide receiver, uh, yeah, you know, the, I've Osborne, got I've got Pick- Osborne's just a guy. He's not. I, I've I've, I've he, got Pickens, Watson, and Gabe Davis on the bench already. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and drop KJ Osborne, who really I only picked up because I didn't know for sure that McCaffrey was going to play on Monday night, and so I needed to have a backup flex plan if he didn't. So that was the only, the only reason. Not only, not only did McCaffrey play, but the other he, one, other running backs only got like one touch. Yep. He was not impacted whatsoever. Although it didn't, uh, didn't translate to a victory in the end. It did not. It did not translate into a victory. All right. Um, let's get into, let's get into it. Let's make some uh, picks for the week. Of course, those that have been following along know that, this season, we are playing for a little bit of cash. Biggest uh, crew we've ever had, 11 folks in our crew. We're playing for a little bit of cash at the top of the table. At the bottom of the table, we're trying to avoid being the one that's got to dress up in the Notre Dame mascot uniform, take an Irish dance lesson, come in, perform said Irish dance, also perform Nothing Compares to You and Zombie, and enjoy some blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, as prepared by our friend Tim and Bel Air while washing it all down with now-starting NFL quarterback, oh, a Will nice. Levis Irish coffee. So who knows? Maybe maybe that'll be a tribute to a guy that turns into a star over the course of the next few weeks. Um, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what's at stake. As we enter week eight, yeah, it's week, no, it's week e- nine. Well, yeah. I guess take, because we picked week zero, too. Yeah, so, it's week so it's our tenth ten week, tenth week of picks as we enter our tenth week. Ken Zalis suddenly has someone new knocking right on the door after a stunning 7-2 and two week last week. John Proctor is just a game back of KZ at the top of the table. Andrew Steck and Nick Kelly are two games back. Kyle Ottenheimer, three games back. Myself and John Little Rock are four games behind. Paul Valley is five games behind. It's been a staggering fall from grace for our friend Griffin Bass. Yeah, has <laughs> gone has from the top been. of the table all the way to damn near the bottom. Do we have like a? Can you go back and look over like your last four weeks and tell um, us what your record is over right, the last last month? There was Griffin. that one week where we all did really well. So I went two and six in week four. Yeah. Uh, there was that one week we all did really well. I went six and three. Since so week six, three and five. Yeah. Three and five in week seven. Yeah. Two and seven in week eight. Oof. 
I, I don't I don't know everything, it's but that sounds total. like yeah, eight total wins over the last three weeks, uh, as opposed to seventeen, eight and seventeen over your last three yeah. weeks. Not it's, great. It was it was funny last week because Glenn, you and I picked every game the same way. Correct. Every game the same. And and Griff like tore us apart last week while we were doing. Well, this. we didn't have a great week. Us. Let's be clear. I know, but 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 we didn't go two and seven. No, we didn't do that. That we didn't do. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, well, yeah, we I'm went. Gonna forward. do a lot better this week. If you say so. This is a great week. This is a fantastic week. Griffin's seven games back. He's a game clear of Ryan Chell at the moment, who would be at the bottom of the table and. I walked in today and Griffin said Ryan doesn't want to send me his picks. I was legitimately afraid that what he was saying is that Ryan was quitting the league. I was legitimate. Apparently, he was just late getting the yeah. picks. Do we have his picks? Yes, All yes. Right, very his good. picks are in. But, of course, a few weeks ago, uh, coming in rogue, coming in hot, our buddy Jeremy Kahn from ConcreteLocks.com. Jeremy has 17 wins in what is it? Uh, has he been in three or four weeks it's now? It's been, I guess, four, four weeks, weeks. Four weeks. So yeah, slow weeks. start, but at a six and three week last week, so he's starting to make some progress. Got three games closer to Ryan Shell. He's now only fourteen games back of Ryan Shell as he tries to avoid the table, despite uh, the bottom of the table, despite a significant deficit to begin the season. So we'll see how that goes. As always, three college games, six NFL games for the week. Griffin, where are we beginning? We are starting uh, in Evanston, in Illinois, where Just Northwestern. Just get to the part where, where Ken picks Northwestern. Just go ahead and get to that part. Northwestern is hosting the Terps. The Terps are, however, 13 and a half point favorites on the road. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is a real. This is tough, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want to. I actually want to join you. Like, no, no, go ahead. You won't, but go ahead. Hang on a sec. Would you chill over there? <laughs> Jesus, you. You try to fire the coach more when they're winning thirty-eight to six. Um, this is a Northwestern team that most recently lost seventeen-nine to Nebraska. They scored nine points against Nebraska. They did cover. They did. Oh, they covered. Yes. What was the line? Ten and a half. Oh, yikes. <laughs> they um. They barely beat Howard. Yeah, I know. Twenty three to twenty a couple weeks ago. They're not good. But I can't do it. Northwestern is the pick. I can't I can't. I can't believe I can't believe you didn't do it. It's too big of a number for a Maryland team that's not played well. Northwestern is terrible. I agree. But so is Illinois. And and they beat the Terps. So in College Park. I'm gonna go with Goldie Hawn's favorite team. There you go. And Charleston wasn't Charlton Heston a, a Northwestern grad too? Do I remember that correctly? No. Who's Goldie Hawn? Oh, are you serious? I, I mean, yeah. Oh. I told him. I told I him what I said. I said you're not gonna get this. But. Jesus Christ! I oh, I give up. I just I have nothing to say. I said to him in, in my picks. I'm like, you're not gonna understand this, but. I understand him not knowing. I made a newfound glory reference earlier. I understand him uh, not knowing that. Like I'm good with that. But him not knowing Goldie Hawn. I don't know any of these movies. Oh, for F's sake. Just get to your just um, make your pick. I I mean, I've been pretty comfortable just blindly picking Maryland for I guess the two seasons that we've done this now, but I Who mean Who's Goldie Hawn's daughter? Is that um Oh god. Um, she's an actor. Kate Hudson? Yeah, that's, she, yeah, 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 Kate yeah, Hudson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Home. Hudson or Hudson? Yeah, yeah, Katie Holmes is not related. I don't believe so. Um, But, I mean, Maryland has not looked good. They're on the road, and I feel like weird things happen in Northwestern, at Northwestern. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Northwestern as well, nice. and 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 t- getting points, getting double digits at home. So uh, I will take the Wildcats on Maryland. Brave enough to do so is Kyle Ottenheimer, John Proctor. Uh, John Proctor is hot right now. <laughs> Ryan Shell and Andrew. Ryan Stecka. Shell is not hot right yeah. now. So an interesting group. Everybody else. Andrew Stecka, the fourth one. Everybody else in Northwestern. Uh, now to the number one team in the country. They are traveling to not Florida. They're in Jacksonville. Yes, they do that every year. That's not. That's where they play this game. Okay. I I get very worried about things you don't know. But, I mean, this like, is do a weird not, one to. What do you mean? It's a weird. They've done this literally throughout history. Year. This is not new. This is where, this is like have, not knowing where Oklahoma game, and Texas too. played. Yeah. Georgia. Yeah, they used to. They don't call it the cocktail party anymore. No, they don't. But we everybody else yeah, does. The world's largest cocktail party is Georgia's favorite by fourteen and a half. Going to Jacksonville to play the Gators. I, didn't, I never even said they're playing Florida. <laughs> that is a big number. And Florida's been a little bit better. Ay, fourteen and a half. And no Brock Bowers for Georgia. Oh, I'm going to regret this, but Florida. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, outside if if you if outside of the Kentucky game, right? Like Florida's played everybody pretty tough. Um, and Georgia just isn't. They're not that offensive firepower uh, juggernaut that they were last year. And like you said, without Bowers who's a big part of what they do. It's too many points for me. I'm going to take Florida. Um, Yeah, because Georgia hasn't really been covered. The only team they've covered against is Kentucky, which is the best team they've played, which is ironic. Um, But, I mean, I I think Florida's pretty good, too. And, I mean, 14.5 is a lot, but at the same time, you know, Florida State was right in it with Duke until, you know, the end, and then Florida State pulled away and ended up covering. But it was only because Duke's quarterback got hurt. Yes. Like, that's the only reason that occurred. I'm, I'm not going trying to... with Florida. Uh, okay. I'm going with Florida. I'm All going right. with Florida. Uh, on the Bulldogs, Paul Valley, uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, John Proctor, and Ryan Shell, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn taking Georgia. Mm. Taking Georgia. Mm. So a 6-5 split there. All right. Uh, final college game of the slate, college game day. Will be at Utah in Salt Lake City. And they were really impressive last week. And then we're number eight, Oregon, is going to number 13, Utah, uh, the game's on Fox, and Oregon is favored by six and a half on the road. Who's going to play? Is Cam Rising going to play? Do he, we know? I believe he's done for the year is what they announced. Oh, really? The the week, yeah. Okay. So, well, the kid, I don't even remember the, the kid's name that came in for him. He was very impressive. Barnes, right? It is. I know. The final the kid? The, the drive to ice it away, it was more um, his legs. The drive to go get the winning field goal it was more his legs than it was um, – and throwing the ball necessarily, yeah. but he was impressive. Utah's defense, like, I, I get it. USC's defense stinks. But Utah's defense has been better than I expected them to be. Remember, they completely held Florida, I mean, totally in check to open the season. Six and a half. Aye. Utah. Here we go again, three for three. I don't oh, like. Oh, I don't like this. Um, you know, I and, and six and a half is just a big number for a team on the road, and Utah's defense is solid. And I, I just, you know, I know he looked. I, I know the backup quarterback looked really, really good in relief, but you know, now now there's film on him, things like that. I, I just, 
I think it's a close game. Wouldn't be surprised if Oregon won it, but I, I just don't I don't see a blowout, you know, or by a touchdown here. So I'll take Utah. I don't like this either because now I'm agreeing with you guys as well. Uh oh. Um, well, you should have done that last week, jerk. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I would have been better I mean, off. Yes, yeah. you would have been. You would have been two games better than you are right now. Um, I was originally on Oregon. I mean, they're the team with the chance to make the playoff, like still. Um, Bo Nix is the better quarterback, obviously. But, I mean, Utah has been playing really well. And six and a half, they're, they're two really good teams, and six and a half is a lot between two really good teams. So I'll take the home team as well, getting points, Utah, for me. Um, most of us are on Utah. There are two Oregon Duckbackers this week. It is Paul and Kyle taking mm. Oregon. Everybody mm. else on Utah. It's, it's only two only two guys taking one of the top ten teams in the country. Maybe that's a shame on us type of situation because it leaves them an opportunity to steal a point. Hey, uh, uh, our spreads for this always come from our friends at Superbook. As always, go to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you do. And you'll get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose, with Superbook.com, the Superbook app. Use that code, GlennClark23. Uh, to Thursday Night Football, tonight on Amazon Prime Video, Tampa Bay is going to Buffalo. And the Bills, they are 8.5-point favorites. It's a, big, it's a big number for a team that hasn't been playing well, but it's Thursday Night Football. It feels like a get-right spot for Buffalo. I... I wish it wasn't this big of a number, but I'm going to take the Bills anyway. Bills. I don't like the number at all. Because um, Thursday night games seem to be just god-awful. Um, and low scoring, which would lead you to believe Although, that, out of nowhere, a terrible football game last week all of a sudden became, you know, yeah, uh, high-powered in the last uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, the last 15 minutes. Buffalo's the better team. I'm. I, this is the one that I'm going to really regret, but I took the Bills. Agreeing with you guys again. Uh-oh. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. It's really difficult for offense. me to get to the top of the table if I just pick every game the same way as Ken the rest of the I, season. <laughs> it's going to be really difficult. I'm already so, I'm I mean, starting to think I mean, that he's – The fact that we've picked 11 straight yeah, it's, games, What is it? 13 straight? Yeah, it's very you uncomfortable. You guys just think the same. You guys no, no, we do not. No, Let's make that abundantly not. clear. Well, You're new here. Ken and I definitely do when not think this. Football, when picking football games, I've noticed that you guys do tend to. Hey, that, uh, maybe together. that's true, but um, maybe that's I mean, the, maybe that's the thing. I, I mean, yeah, I think the Bills' offense is too good. Um, I feel like the Bucks have been playing a little bit, you know, over their head on both sides of the ball. Plus, they're just getting a little banged up now. So, yeah, I'll take the Bills at, at home on a short week as well. Uh, most of us are on the Bills, on the Bucks. John and Little Rock, uh, Ryan Shell, Andrew Stecka, and Jeremy Kahn taking the Buccaneers. Okay. Uh, to Sunday at I 1 p.m. I get it. The number's big. It's a yeah. big number. I don't like it. Uh, New England is at Miami, and Miami, another big number here, eight and a half favorite, point favorites in Miami. So now what would this number have been had it not been for the results of last week's games, right. right? Like, if New England loses the way that everybody expected them to lose to Buffalo, and or if Miami beats Philadelphia, even close. Yeah. this is a 10-plus point spread. This is, boy, it's crazy to think about. And it's sort of because of that that, while, again, I don't, I don't like big numbers, I am, I am going to go with Miami here. Because I feel like you are stealing points because of last week's results, and I don't think that either of these teams are what we saw a week ago. I, I think that was an anomaly for the Patriots. 
I, I would say that, like, did the Eagles provide a blueprint for if you can take the, away the run? And I know Mostert is banged up this week. Where are you going to rank Jeff Wilson if Mostert doesn't play this week, Ken? Uh, top twenty-four for sure. Okay. Do I play him? Over I don't know Darryl? how high. I don't. I don't know how high there. Um, he goes. Um, I'd have to look at who who exactly twenty to twenty-four is, but somewhere probably, probably twenty to twenty-four, somewhere in that range. You wouldn't be playing him over like Jonathan Taylor if Mostert doesn't. No, play no, no, no. Would you play him over Daryl Daryl Henderson if Mostert? Yeah, probably. Would. Okay. Would you over th- Henderson. Would over you play- Henderson because even though Henderson had the better day last week, it was almost a 50-50 split with him and, and Freeman. Yeah, all right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, Ken's pick. Yes. For Patriots Dolphins. Um. Hey, uh, Dolphins have a lot of people that are banged up. You know, um, Hill's banged up. I, I assume he'll play, but but he's banged up. Um, it's a lot of points in a divisional game uh, against a New England team that defensively usually usually is pretty solid. Um, it's too many points for me to pass up in a divisional game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take New England. All right, we, we broke finally, this, we broke finally, this finally. Um, <laughs> I'm leaning more towards Glenn in this one. I think the yeah the. Dolphins need to bounce back here. Um, I think water, you know, water kind of finds its level, so to speak, here. And the the Dolphins, I think, win maybe not massively, but I think they win by double digits. Uh, so I'll take Miami. Uh, most of us are on the Dolphins. Ken is on the Patriots. John and Little Rock. John and Little Rock is the only other one on the Patriots. Hmm. Ken and John. Hmm. Chance to steal some points. Chance to steal. And they're the guys at the top of the table. Yikes! Could be more separation. Also at one o'clock on Sunday in Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. And the Jags go. Feels like it's been weeks since we had a uh, lone wolf. By the way, I feel like. Yeah. Well, with this many. Oh, we. uh, No, Ryan Shell was a lone wolf on the Titans. That's the last lone wolf that we had. Was the Titans Ravens game worked out well for him? Sorry. Go ahead. Steelers getting points against the Jags. Two and a half is the spread. (sighs) Jags still, like, just something not exactly the way that we thought it was going to be, but they have been better. You assume after 10 days of rest, Trevor Lawrence is a little bit closer to himself. They appeared totally uninterested in being aggressive last week because of Trevor Lawrence's injury, and that sort of invited the Saints back into the game. You're not going to get me to start believing in the Steelers' offense at any point. I, I guess they were a little bit better last week on the whole than they had been, but uh, no, I refuse to. Jaguars. Mm. Yeah, you can refuse to all you want, but they were – much better last week mm-hmm. and the return of Deontay Johnson changes that offense entirely. Yeah. It gets people off of the line of scrimmage, allows them to run the ball a little bit. Um that's that's Pickett's favorite receiver and they can play defense. Um they beat it they went on the road. I know there was probably more Steeler fans than Ram fans because there are no Ram fans, but um they beat a good football team and they totally took Cooper Cup out of the game. Uh, I I like the Steelers. I I think they're the better defensive team, and I'm not. I something's missing with the Jags. I don't know. This offense should be more high powered than it is. I love what ETN's doing. Ridley has been MIA for almost a month now after a hot start. Do I continue starting him uh, in fantasy? I mean, it depends who you have. He's he's benchable at, at the moment. I mean, he's no better than a flex. Let's put it that way. Jeez. All right, all right. I mean, I got Josh Palmer and Deontay Johnson. I'm not great at wide receiver in this league. You're taking the Steelers, Ken. 
I am. I'm taking the Steelers as well. Mike Tomlin getting points at home. Um, and yeah, I mean, they just it, it's they're just a like a gritty, ugly team, but they find ways to to pull out wins and uh, and and more often than not covers as well, especially when Mike Tomlin's getting points. So I will take the Steelers. Uh, so myself, Ken, uh, John, and Little Rock on the Steelers. Ryan Shell, Andrew Stecka, Jeremy Kahn on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, to the 4 p.m. window, Cleveland is traveling out to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, they are three-and-a-half-point favorites. We know Deshaun Watson will not be playing. This is such a – try to explain Cleveland to me. They have, right? my, they have Miles Garrett. Thank you. They have, the number one, they have one of the top defenses in the league. Right. How'd that look last week? They gave up 38 well, points to Gardner Minshew. But the defense is why they why they won the game. I un, well no the ofi- defense and the officials. <laughs> well the officials why but, they won the game. Kenny. But but they they, they, they gave up yeah. thirty eight points to Gardner Minshew. They, they beat they beat the Colts. The Ravens didn't. Thank thank you know what you, you nailed it. <laughs> How do you figure Cleveland? I, I it's such a bef- they're 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 an utterly befuddling team. The Seahawks have remained steady but never overwhelming. And so you'd say, all right, they're at home. They're facing, you know, you like the Seahawks. You like that secondary against uh, an inexperienced, not inexperienced, maybe not anymore for P.J. Walker. I guess he has enough experience at this point that we can't say that. But not a high-level quarterback. Um, and yet it it feels to me kind of like a three-point game, right? Like it feels like that's the, the hook is – is getting me here. I maybe I'll regret it, but I'm actually gonna take Cleveland to stay within three on this one. The Browns are the pick. Yeah, I, the one thing that disappoints me with with um, with Seattle so far has been their secondary. It hasn't been as good. They've been banged up now. I, I know they're getting some people back, um, and I know Cleveland's banged up, especially at the running back position. I have no idea who's going to get the touches there. Yeah. I guess it's. I guess it's. Hunt, but he's yeah. hurt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pierre Strong Jr. Mm. Uh, mm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Whoever that is. Uh, he was cut by New England earlier this year. Um, sure. I, I I don't know, but I'm gonna. You know, when when it's a game like this, you're on the road. Defense will travel. I'm gonna take the team with the better defense. I'm gonna take Cleveland. I uh, will be doing the same. Miles Garrett has been uh, a game wrecker and a monster every week, except for the week they played the Ravens. Um, so I like that to continue. Uh, Miles Garrett, as long as he's there, uh, I, I like the Browns' chances just about uh, any week. Um, so on the Brownies is yeah, we're pretty split here. All right, so on the Brownies, uh, all three of us plus Kyle plus John Proctor uh, plus Doctor Nick Kelly and mm. Jeremy Kahn. Okay, are right. on the Cleveland right. Browns. Uh, 425 on CBS, Cincinnati at San Francisco. Uh, the 49ers, they are still favorites, three and a half points. I'm going to play the – like so Sam Darnold looks like he's going to play for San Francisco. I don't want to say there's something wrong with the 49ers, I, but it does seem like something's wrong with the 49ers, and you get a Bengals team – that's coming off a bye, that was playing better football going into it, where Joe Burrow was starting to look right. And I get three and a half. I'm getting three and a half points to play with. Bengals. Bengals. That's the pick. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, San Francisco, everybody will point to Debo Samuel, you know, not playing great this year, but boy, did they miss him. Um, and it looked obvious. Um, now with Sam Darnold, who let's be honest, has stunk in the NFL at every chance he's give, been given so far. Uh, and you're coming off a bye and, and, and Burrow's going to be healthier as healthy as he's been all season long. I'm getting three and a half. I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys as well. The, the Niners are a little banged up. Uh, Debo still, still a little banged up. Uh, the Bengals are getting healthier. They're coming off the bye. Um, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm liking the AFC North this week. Uh, so I'll take the Bengals as well. Getting points or, uh, yeah, getting points on the road. Um, on the Bengals, us three, Kyle joins us on the Bengals. Uh, John and Little Rock, uh, Dr. Nick Kelly, nearly the same group as last time. Ryan Shell is on the Bengals as well for this pick. And then finally, to wrap things up, uh, the Ravens are going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, and they are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. It's reeks of letdown, right? Like, it reeks yeah. of... Everybody is now proclaiming the Ravens to be Super Bowl favorites. This is the week where they end up having to slog through and barely grind it out or suffer an awful, disappointing win. I do like the fact that they've adjusted and they're going out early to the West Coast. This is a, a pretty significant amount of to total travel they've had to do over the last three weeks. Like, you think about you know how much traveling they've had to do. It's kind of crazy. But I do like the fact that they are, again, trying to get ahead of it and trying to go out there and get adjusted. And I just don't know what to make of the Cardinals. I, Cardinals have been competitive. They've, they've probably been overall, it's crazy to say this about a, a bad football team, but they've probably been a little bit better than I think a lot of us thought they were going to be, which is, again, nuts. Eight and a half is the number. Ugh. In the end, I'll t I can't do it. I, I wish I could. Ravens, that's the pick. You wish you could bet against the uh, Ravens? I, I, wish I, I wish I could because it feels like a setup. It feels like a setup, but it requires... Well, no, it does. Because, and the reason it feels like a setup is because how many times over the last, let's say, five years have we seen this game? Yep. I mean, it just is, and they, they seem to play to their competition, even this year so far. Like... The, the team that we saw last week is the team offensively we all dreamed of with the new offensive coordinator and with the new wide receiving four and with Lamar running a quote-unquote real NFL offense with people spread out and hitting different receivers. And it's like this – that was what – I mean, it was almost perfect. It was is what every Ravens fan came to expect – and then you have to ask the question, will that travel? Will they remain with that kind of consistency on offense? Or do they go back into their, we're on the road, we just have to get out with a win, and we're going to run the ball all the time again type thing? And I don't know. I don't know. Because last week came out of the blue for me. I mean, they beat a – everybody can make fun of the Lions and all the Lions fans getting all – proud of themselves and, and, and the way it happened. But the Lions are a good football team who are going to win their division. And they dismantled them. That's and true. Their defense, and their defense has been absolutely insane. And I agree with what you said, Glenn. For a bad football team, 
I mean, I thought Arizona had a chance to go 0 and 17. Yep. I thought they were trying to go to 0 and 17. Yep. Until they played hard against the the Cowboys, and you know Dobbs, look, he's looked like a serviceable quarterback, and every other time he's never. I mean, there were rumors that the Steelers kept him just because he was so smart, like he was an extra coach. Wasn't even for his football prowess. And I'm going to be a sucker here and take the Ravens yep. and lay the points yep. because they're so they're so much the better football team. And that's the problem, right? Like everything that we're yeah. feeling about the Ravens, then you get to the other side and you say, but that's right. the Cardinals. And it requires right. me to have any amount of confidence in the Arizona Cardinals, and I can't do that. And 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 that's where I come down to it. And and I'm going to kick myself it's if, if it's the same game we've seen for what seems forever from the Ravens after a, a, a dominant performance. But it's not a divisional game, and I'll say this part. Usually these letdowns are kind of in divisional games. They'll play a tough game. They'll get a good yeah. win over over somebody, and then they'll go play a tough divisional game, and you're like, okay, well, we We're, We it. remember that Lamar Jackson is 15-1 and one against the NFC. Right, and that's like, the other thing, and and, yeah. and, and that's, a, that's a real stat. Although, again, I mean, they, could, they could be up by two scores late, and the Cardinals right. could, you know, backdoor cover this to get it, you know. It's a huge number. It's, it's a huge number, yeah. But the yeah, Ravens. Yeah, I'm with you guys just about everywhere there. The Ravens are far, far better than the Cardinals. The one thing that would cause me to hesitate a little bit is the Roquan Smith thing, but, I mean, I, I'm with you as well, Glenn. I don't think that's going to be really a serious thing. I feel like if it was serious, we would know, know that by yeah. now. That one um, of the national reporters would have told us that by now. So, yeah, I'll take the Ravens by, by eight and a half. They've shown they can handle big numbers. They took the Texan, They took care of the Texans uh, against the – they weren't as good as they are now, but you know, still a solid Texans team, and they beat them by, what, 50? So, yeah, Ravens minus eight and a half. Uh, there are three takers of the Arizona Cardinals. John and Little Rock taking the Cardinals. Uh, Jeremy Kahn taking the Cardinals. And Dr. Nick Kelly is taking the Arizona Cardinals. It's a lot of points. I don't blame them whatsoever. Very interesting. All right, Casey. I remind everybody where you, they can find you. At Fantasy Pros. And also my rankings, believe it or not, do still appear on PressBoxOnline.com. At Fans Fantasy on Twitter. And uh, he's typically poking in with us. He was trying to – somehow the Ravens won by so many points that we just devolved into fighting about nonsense on uh, Project nonsense. Game Day. Nonsense. And nonsense. it's your fault because you, you were bored. <laughs> and you you just – you literally just egged everybody on. First you egged on Femi and, yeah. and Rita. Yeah. And and then I went back and I said, all right, and let's And then see. you went back and was like, okay, so why are you pissed off about Harbaugh this week? I did. I did do that. <laughs> and we started making things up. Um, I didn't. I I just sat back and watched and smiled and enjoyed as uh, as the world burned. That was we do my... we do have to set up the viewing party with me and Femi and have yeah Canada yeah. Femi said he wanted to watch a game with Ken at some point, so <laughs> we will have to make that work. So I might actually have a way to do that. Uh, yeah. Coming up soon. <laughs> all right, buddy. Love you. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. That's uh, Mr. Fans Fantasy himself, Ken Zalis, with us here on GCR. Yeah, I stirred that pot well. <laughs> I did. <laughs> After the game was over, we were like, ah, what are we doing here? We're just they won thirty-eight to six. We got nothing to complain about. Let's uh, let's see if we can't get the get the juices flowing a little bit. And, and Femi and Rita were fighting about. Rita didn't, Rita didn't like that Femi was telling her that the fumble, oh, the fumble was right. Justice Hill's yes. fault. She didn't like that because she's a Justice Hill fan, and she didn't like that at all. Um, and 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 it was then it got into the awkward layer of like, hey, I I am a running back. I'm trying to tell you whose responsibility is in this moment. It's it's not a 
and and that was you know and and everybody knows Rita. Rita like Rita knows football. She does. She's very smart, and so that became a, a little fun, intense uh, thing. And then yeah, after a little while, I said, "All right, Ken, how are you gonna fire John Harbaugh this week?" And then Femi dove in and was like, "You really think that John Harbaugh should be fired?" Like it was, it was great. It was great. It was wonderful. Project Enda is a lot of fun. Hope that you will join us after Ravens Cardinals this Sunday because even if they win comfortably, Ken's still going to be calling. We'll figure out a way. We will figure out a way. Uh, it's all brought to you by AJ Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you after Ravens Cardinals. You can watch the show live, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. You can go to PressBoxOnline.com slash game day in order to find out more. And if you want to join in, you can hop on our Zoom link. We will allow you to come join the conversation. I think a lot of people are still confused about that. All you got to do, once you hop in the room, I'm going to ask you to turn your camera on so that we know that you're a real person. Um, we've had a little bit of issue with that. We just need to see you. Give us a wave. We uh, we recognize you. Then we will um, turn the mic on and allow you to come into the conversation and chat with, you know, us, Femi Ayamadejo, Super Bowl champion. It seems like a, a pretty good person to have a conversation with after a football game. Uh, Project Game Day every game day this season. Um, everybody in, on the internet has worked up. Robert Griffin III apparently put out a video today that said, in 2018, my job was to help rookie Lamar Jackson because everyone knew Joe Flacco wouldn't. He was a pro about it but would only lead by example, and we all understood why. Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have not watched the video. I, and maybe there's some sort of intricacy to this there's a, a, a nuance to what he's saying which is like hey joe wasn't unhelpful he just had to prioritize winning games because he was the starting quarterback so he couldn't spend as much time working maybe that's something that comes up in the video if the assertion that robert griffin the third is making is that joe flacco was being a dick to lamar jackson I, no one has ever backed that up. Now, what I would say is, we've been through this a million times, the notion that it's a starting quarterback's job to prioritize working with the next quarterback is nonsense. Their job is to prepare to play football games and try to win them. And if you remember, at the beginning of the season, Joe Flacco was playing well, the Ravens were winning, all was good. Remember, if Justin Tucker just makes an extra point against the New Orleans Saints, then they're in overtime, and, and who knows, right, like how things go from there. The most insane thing that we've ever seen in our lives as Ravens fans, Justin Tucker missed an extra point after they had gone down to tie the game. I don't know what happens moving forward. I don't know who the Ravens are moving forward. I don't know if they go on a similar win streak as what they went with uh, Lamar Jackson. Clearly, ultimately, Lamar Jackson was going to be the quarterback because Lamar Jackson's an otherworldly quarterback. But Joe Flacco's job was to win games. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. I, I, God, it's such a fine line with Robert Griffin III because I want to like the guy. He's good as a game analyst. When he just does games, I've said before, I think that it's, Almost embarrassing that Amazon continues to trot out Kirk Herbstreet, who's just offered nothing. He's just fine. And it's a shame because his cachet with college football is so significant that he doesn't need to be over the top. He can just be himself because he carries such a cachet when he does college games that it matters. 
He doesn't have that in the NFL. He doesn't have great stories to tell. He's not offering anything. And I've said before that if they were trying to go on, if they if they weren't willing to pay like the real money to hire Kurt Warner to do, Kurt Warner would be the perfect person for Thursday night football. But if they weren't willing to pay that much money, Robert Griffin III would be an ideal choice. Has cachet played at a high level in the NFL. I get it, it was for a short time period, but he did it, unlike Kirk Herbstreit, who again, didn't play in the NFL. Knows these guys, played with a lot of them, or against a lot of them that are still in the league. He'd be the perfect choice. And as a game analyst, when he works college games for ESPN, he's very good. But then he goes back to kind of being this. This weird social media persona that kind of can't get out of his own way. So somebody else is going to have to tell me what he says in the video. The reaction seems, the, the, the tweet itself right. seems, but maybe there's something about the video where he explains, like, yeah, look, man, Joe Flacco was the starting quarterback. His job was to try to win. They wanted somebody that could spend more time just with Lamar and preparing him, and that was what I was doing. And if that's the case, then that sounds truthful to me. That sounds accurate. If the assertion is... Joe Flacco treated Lamar Jackson like crap. No one, no one has backed that up. Now, that doesn't mean that Robert Griffin III is being a liar. I I can't tell him he's lying. Just saying, I've had lots of conversations with folks about that over the years, and no one has suggested there's truth to that. Very similarly, there was a weird bit where people were trying to make it seem like at one point Joe Flacco was dickish towards Tyrod Taylor, and I'm telling you from multiple conversations that I have had with Tyrod, That's not remotely true. And I can also say they were extraordinarily close, the two of them. Very close. So it's been a weird bit. I think because of Joe's personality, like it's just an assumption that people want to make that that's who he is because he's this so quiet and kind of quirky dude. But it's very weird. All right, when we come back in, we'll go out to Arizona. What what might be interesting about the Cardinals on Sunday? One, who's going to play quarterback? Like, Kyler Murray's practicing fully, but nobody's just saying Kyler Murray's going to play on Sunday. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, right? Like, if he's practicing fully, why wouldn't he be the quarterback on Sunday? It's a weird bit. Doesn't know the odd man. We'll, we'll talk some Diamondbacks as well. That's coming up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire 
hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. The next Tyus Bowser show will be Tuesday, November 7th. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Looking forward to being back for the Tyus Bowser show, a partnership with Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia. Tyus and a special guest will join us. Not doing it next Tuesday because it's Halloween. The following Tuesday, Tuesday, November 7th, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Tyus Bowser Show brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. We will see you one week from this Tuesday, Tuesday, November 7th, at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. So a uh, lot going on out in Arizona, right? We're Ravens Cardinals coming up on Sunday, and they're going to be in the World Series starting on Friday night as well. I, for those that don't know, spent a couple years out in Arizona a long time ago. And uh, had the opportunity to work alongside our next guest. He is uh, hes a funny guy. He is We love to bust his balls, but he is a really important part of the community out there. He is former NFL quarterback, host on Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. My friend Dan Minucci is back with us here on GCR. Minucci, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, brother. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, Glenn, always a, always a pleasure to catch up with you. And, yeah, I don't know how the hell. This Diamondback thing happened. I'm I'm still trying to figure out. Okay, 14 losses in a row after the All Star break. Make a couple trades. You lose five out of your last seven games. You lose the last four out of a row. You lose the, the the you get swept by the Houston Astros the last series, but you clinch a playoff spot the second to last game. 
You know what, Glenn? We sent the script over to Disney. Yeah, they said, uh, nah, they sent we're it good. Back. Right. They, this is, this is too far-fetched. This is other work. <laughs> it's so bizarre, Manuch. I, I, we, we can stay there before we get to the Cardinals. It, it, I try to figure out what, like, what can you put your finger on to say, here's the switch that flipped when they got to the postseason. Is it as simple as saying, hey, Brandon Fott stepped up and gave them a third starter that allowed them? I, I, I was talking to our buddy Mike Gross. He said, I don't think Tori Lovello is getting enough credit for this and how he's pushed buttons in the playoffs. Like, How do you define what it is that they've been able to do to make this run in the postseason. You know, Glenn, I think a couple things happened at the, at the trade deadline. When you got Paul Seawald as yeah. your actual designated closer, everybody else followed in place. It's kind of like all the pieces in the puzzle fit with the bullpen, right? So everybody knew their role. Nobody was starting and nobody was closing one day. The other guy wasn't the setup on this day. Everybody had some basically the fifth inning on, had their designated role. Then Tommy Pham started to produce. He came from the Mets. Um, things started to come to fruition. Now, what you just said about Brandon Funt, uh, he finally went through the ups and downs. He was more or less – he wasn't a rookie anymore by the time the year ended. Uh, Tori Lovello, according to Mike Gross, fine, uh, fine uh, you know, co-host of um, you know, taking the points on Saturday morning here on Fox Sports 910, they started to do some things which kind of calmed everybody down said, look, just play your game. We'll be fine. And all of a sudden, they started to put the ball in play and started to steal bases, hit and run, butt guys over, things that got them there the first half of the season. So everybody forgets they were, I think, three or four games up in the National West at the All-Star break. So they just got back to Troy Lovello saying, hey, look, everybody, just everybody take a deep breath. Like Mr. Miyagi used to say, wax on, wax off. Okay, everybody ready? All right, let's go play our game, and life will be good. But to your point, the bullpen has been phenomenal with a capital F. And then you see uh, this, this team just kind of get their groove back on. That, that's, that's as simple as I can make it, Glenn. I still feel like, Minuch, the most of us in the country are saying, yeah, but on paper they're not as good as the Rangers. How much does that matter at this point? And – should we know better than to write off the Diamondbacks after seeing what they've done over the last three rounds? You know, you hear that, you hear that, you hear that, right? It, it, and the Diamondbacks, okay, you, y'all do write what you want to write. You, you, you say what you want to say, and then we're just going to play our – we're going to show up. Uh, we're not going to play woe is us, and we're going to do our game. And they don't pay attention to that. But, but, interesting you bring that up. The term keeping receipts, is yeah. a big mantra. Yeah, they, they clearly have. <laughs> My God. Right now. <laughs> Jeez. Everybody's been tweeting out. Um, every single Diamondbacks player has had a tweet the last couple of days about their experiences. Hey, one guy that I want to ask about, because there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of Orioles connections out there. Although, oddly, and it's funny, you and I were texting the other night. I, I think a lot of Orioles fans kind of see themselves in the Diamondbacks. Like, this is what the Orioles have been trying to build is some homegrown talent and put it all together. And I, but Christian Walker is such a wild story to me because he was completely written off by the Orioles back in 2017, and and he has been such a productive piece for that team for such so for so long. Obviously, was on some bad teams. Clearly, in Arizona, how important has Christian Walker been to the Diamondbacks being able to get to this level? You know what? He he's really held his own. Remember, Glenn, this team lost 110 games two years ago. Yep. 
And and Christian was part of that, as most of these D-backs, Diamondbacks were. But he's been steady as she goes. I think what they showed is they showed confidence in him to be the guy in day in and day out, not to platoon him, not you're going to face lefties, you're going to face righties. They left him in the lap, said, Christian, we believe in you. Go do your thing. If you go through a slump, just let's just work it out. So, Glenn, that, that question is they, let, let, they allowed him to go through the ups and downs as a guy that's going to drive the ball, hit him out occasionally, and he's an outstanding first baseman on top of that. So I think that it was them showing confidence in him that he developed this confidence in himself, Glenn, hmm. to be able to guy that, could, to, that, would, that would drive runs in on a consistent basis. Dan Minucci with us here on GCR, Fox Sports 910 out in Phoenix, former NFL quarterback. All right, Minucci, I'm going to challenge you here. Say something interesting to me about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'll say this. Their, their defense is their game. Every, every game, their game. Let's put it that way. And when I say that, it's interesting. They're more physical. They're fast to the ball. Uh, the, the, the only problem is, is they start to wear down in the fourth quarter. As you can see, their numbers are one of the worst teams as far as not scoring points and giving up points, specifically in that fourth quarter. Not that they're just – they come in, they'll play hard, they'll play aggressive, they'll come at you. But I just think a lot of it's because the offense can't stay on the field. So by the time the game's over, they will have played like 65 snaps, 68 snaps, so the offense is maybe 53-55. So something interesting is a very aggressive, attacking, physical defense um, that if you're not careful, they can sneak up on you. They're not being on turnovers, but they are, I call it their game. And that's the one thing I look at from the Cardinals. Offensively, you know, it's unfortunate James Conner's out because he was the bell cow at running back for this offense. He was 35 to 40% right. of this offense. Now that he's out and you got DeMarcado and Ingram, it's pretty much your guys in the backfield. They'll do okay. But Josh Dobbs needs a good running game if he's going to be successful because of the play action and allowing him to do some things with the ball. And you know what? Besides that, uh, Glenn, I don't know how much more interesting I can make it because I, I can't use smoke and mirrors I get it. with this team. Because it'll it'll come it'll it'll start to it'll start to appear in that second half. So, so let me cover a couple things here, Manuch. One, Kyler Murray is a full participant in practice this week. Why yeah. why wouldn't he be the quarterback on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens? Wow, sixty four thousand dollar question. Um, and because he has got to at least be activated by next week against the Cleveland Browns. Right. And if he's completely healthy. But I think if he's completely healthy, he's been through – this will be three weeks of actual practice, like real practice, not riding the bike or running and dropping back. Then I think he should – will start against Cleveland next week. Now, if he doesn't, as long as he's activated, Glenn, and you know the rule better than I do, he can still – he doesn't have to go back on the pup or the IR. Right. As long as he's – so he might be a healthy Kyler Murray, and he might be backing up Josh Dobbs by next – you know, next Sunday against Cleveland. That seems and weird, that, Manuch. That seems weird to me. Why would that be the case? You know, Glenn, I, it, again, it's the, uh, you know, if he's not ready, he's not ready. Uh, yeah. We'll give him one more week. 
Um, okay, if they're one and seven by that time, if they don't beat the Ravens, uh, do we hold them? They've got to play the kid. They have to. Number one, you're paying them close to thirty million a year. Right. Number two, you got to see what you have and what you don't have. And number three, he's auditioning. I feel for the second half of the season to see what kind of moves they make, which I think they're going to make anyway with that first or second pick, and then move on from there. Glenn, you nailed it. Why would you not play the kid if he's completely ready, you activate him, and he backs up Josh up? So I, my gut tells me he starts, if not next week against the Browns, uh, the, the following week. And let me just double-check the schedule. They got the Brownies, and then they would have uh, Atlanta at home. So they might could be – as they say in Texas, mm. save him to start when Atlanta comes into Phoenix. So weird. It's such a weird situation, Manuch. Uh, I remember you and I hey, talking. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, it's been you a and I are both. You and I are both think the same thing. Yeah, man. Well, you've been around the Cardinals long enough that I guess nothing's all that weird. Um, now, <laughs> now, that said, I remember you and I talking when um, the Ravens dealt Hollywood Brown out there, and, of course, at the time, he was looking for a, a place where he was going to have more opportunities. The Ravens were a strong um, run offense. They didn't throw the ball a whole lot at that point. Now, of course, we see this new Todd Munkin offense and the Ravens having all these weapons and guys getting involved. And uh, do, do you start to wonder if maybe Hollywood Brown regrets trying to work his way out of Baltimore a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, you know, whoever can predict the future. I think to him coming back here with Kyler Murray uh, is key. I remember Marquise, I think it's his last year of his contract. You know, he's got 32 catches. When he, when he, he's averaging about 12 yards on average. He's got the three dingers, you know, touchdowns so far. It's just unfortunate that Kyler got hurt. Otherwise, he gets the ball. But he is becoming more um, – I mean, he is the target, if you really want to look at it, for the Cardinals. And after, you know, after seven games, he's got 32 receptions. Um, I guess we here in Phoenix would look for him, no matter who's the quarterback, um, to see him get the ball down the field more like he did in Baltimore. Um, he he, he kind of sort of is, but isn't. He's still a lot of crossing routes. And um, he's you know, with, now with uh, Zach Ertz out, he might be more of that go-to guy because Trey McBride at tight end uh, is okay. Rondell Moore, he's the mystery as the slot slash Quasi Debo Samuel guy out of the backfield, run, motion, slot, what have you. And then after that, Michael Wilson, the rookie, just not getting uh, yeah. the catches they thought. But to answer your question, uh, I think we thought he'd be more of a home run hitter, no matter who's at quarterback here in Phoenix. All right, Dan Minucci, uh, you know, for my time out there, remember, I became a huge Phoenix Suns fan. So, like, you're on board. Yusuf Nurkic was the final piece. That was the – what we saw the other night, man. That's 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 exactly what the Suns are missing. Smooth sailing to a first NBA title now, right? It's... Yeah, I hope so, Glenn. I've been watching these guys since 1968 at the old Memorial Coliseum, the old Madhouse on McDowell. On McDowell. Yeah, right. Uh, so, I mean, 55 years later, let's – Go already, but you know, before you bury me in about forty years. But yeah, you're you're right. I think Nurkic, you know what, Glenn, he moves better uh, watching him than, than I thought. It's, it's just a matter of keeping these guys healthy. Uh, Bill was on the uh, yeah. uh, Bradley Bills was on the uh, bench. They had some back issues, but but I think what this organization did, they went and got depth cover up for those guys. Uh, you know, when they get bruised up or banged up. So you're right, Glenn. It's 
hey, it's WNBA championship or bust. Or I got I to gotta hang this 1968 pennant with Connie Hawkins and Amen. Gail Goodrich and Dick Van Arsdale. I got to keep that poster going. Uh, Manuch, I can't believe I, I, I was trying to check to see. I can't believe you're only 66. I would have guessed 86 at this point. I can't believe you're still only, and yet you still somehow look better than I do, pal. Which um, You know, here's the thing. I guess it, it's it, that let, high me, let me give the, 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 the Italian way of living secret for all your listeners yes. out there in Baltimore. Is it Baltimore or Baltimore with a there is no, I, I There is no T. There is no T whatsoever in it. It's, it's like trying to talk to somebody. In Kentucky, it's Louisville, right? Like it, Louisville. Here, There is no T in our city's name. It does not exist. Here's the secret for, for, you, for you Anglos out there. It's plenty of olive oil, plenty of garlic, and red wine in moderation. There's the secret right there, big fella. Hey, man. Uh, Manuch, you know I love you. Always appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you a little later today. Uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes for us this morning, and keep on. As as I hear from one Dan Minucci, keep on, my friends. Absolutely, my friend. Thank and love those little guys that you got. God bless you, and thanks for having me on. Thanks, Minucci. Dan Minucci from out in Phoenix, uh, Fox Sports nine ten. Great guy. Always appreciate uh, him taking the time for us to get ready for Ravens Cardinals on Sunday. I'm a little bit worried, right? Like whenever someone tells me we need to come in and talk about gambling problems i'm like wait are we having an are we having an intervention is that's what's going is that what's going on here i'm a little bit nervous about this moment as we continue on here on a thursday edition of gcr because we have a guest that's joined us in studio and her name is mary drexler she's the director of operations the maryland center of excellence on problem gambling and i just Mary, this isn't a, like a house call, right? Like you didn't come in here because somebody in my life said you need to get in there. Actually, I'm going to scoot that a little bit closer to you if you don't mind so we can get right up on top. That somebody said we're a little bit worried about Glenn. We heard that he bet on Ukrainian ping pong at one point. We we need you to go in and talk to him. Uh, absolutely not, but I may find out something during this interview <laughs> that could put you in danger, <laughs> but we'll see. No, um, <laughs> I think I'm the wrong person. But no, it's great to see you, Mary. Thank you for coming in and spending some time You're with welcome. Us. What is, when I say Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling, somebody might say, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I didn't know we had one of those. What is that? Okay, the Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling is a program of the University of Maryland School of Medicine. Um, our mission is to promote healthy and informed choices relating to gambling and problem gambling. Uh, we are not for or against legalized gambling, but we want to make sure that people are aware of the risks that are involved when they take part in gambling activity. So uniquely, sports betting has become legalized in states like Maryland and more throughout the country. Yeah. Is there a greater risk than, say, casino gambling or other forms of gambling? Yeah, research does show that sports bettors... Um, Primarily are young men under the age of 35, number one. Oh, I'm good then. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Look at him. Look, you better look over at that guy right there. He's not making any wow. money. He can't afford to be losing. It doesn't mean that people over 35 don't. There's, there's a bad. UFC <laughs> fight on a Sunday night or Saturday or, night. And so, like a couple Saturdays. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But right. also that sports bettors are twice as likely in the research to develop a gambling problem. So we want people to be aware. And with mobile and online sports betting it's being so legalized in the last year, yeah. it's convenient. It's reliable. You're not only betting on who wins or loses. You're betting on every play in the game. So it's enticing people maybe to bet more and also people who never bet before 
to take part in it because they can do it from their living room couch. I, I don't want to use the word addiction lightly because I yes. understand it's an important word. Yes. But like th- people will say you're addicted to your phone anyway. Well, now you're on your phone yep. and here you have this. Oh, right. Yeah, I haven't opened that app in a minute. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, you're like, what? I don't know anything about Sam Houston State. Why did I just bet on them? Yeah. That's the type of availability yeah. that you have for sports betting. Yeah, and it it, it just uh, all the advertising that happens around sports betting yeah, by the point. sports books, it's huge. It's out there. It's tempting. You get free bets. Um, we don't have the luxury right now, and we're looking legislatively to get more funds to do more promoting of where to go for help. Where can Marylanders go if they find themselves having an issue? Uh, because of their sports betting activities. We're actually doing something right now with Pressbox as one of our things to link people to our website, learn. They could take a self-assessment, see if they think they're at risk for gambling, learn about the resources available to them. Mary Drexler is in studio with us. She's the Director of Operations for the Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling. Mary, what you just said, because I want to talk about where people can go, but what you just said I feel like is something that people are... When, when do you know... It's a it's a problem because some things can just be even if you do it a lot, it can just be fun. Right. Like you can know I have I know what my limit is. I know what I can comfortably bet. I joke sometimes that I've lost, but I've also known, hey, this is the amount that I can lose. My the way that I've operated is if I lose this amount, then I'm just going to take I'm just going to stop. It's that's it. I'm not I'm not putting more money in. I'm going to stop until I have another amount of money that I can use for entertainment purposes that I might otherwise use on concert tickets. When do you know or when should someone start asking themselves, maybe there might be an issue here? Yeah, you become more irritable, agitated when you can't get somewhere to place that next bed or you can't do it. Uh, It starts to interfere with your relationships because you're spending so much time betting. It could interfere with your job because your mind is constantly on wanting to place that next bet. Uh, People who have a big win think all of a sudden I'm so lucky so they I'll don't always take, win. Yeah, they, right? they don't take that money and run they actually bet it again and okay, now that one's the first more. one that you said to me that I actually <laughs> might be guilty of that's the first one on, on your list of things that I will admit at one point I was like up three grand that I'm like ah, I'll never lose I'm I am and then I had to be humbled a little bit and remind yeah. myself oh right it settle down over there GC yeah, so you just need to look at that because they're spending money money that could be used for other basic needs. That's another trigger that goes on there. And then they start asking to borrow money from somebody. Uh, some people actually go to the extent of stealing it to cover gambling debt because they have to pay it back. They're lying to family and friends. So those are some of the things that you may want to assess. Am I at greater risk? Can I ask you this? If you are... If you have an addictive personality in general, are you at greater risk for this? Like if you're someone who has dealt with, you know, alcoholism or it runs in your family of some sort, does that lead you to a greater risk of finding yourself with a gambling problem? Yeah, it it does. And also gambling doesn't occur in a vacuum. The gambling activity, oftentimes it could co-occur with an alcohol uh, issue it could co-occur with something with drugs um, you know you go to a casino those free drinks are great yeah. you know so it entices you you're not using that same sense when you're doing the gambling activity so we want people to know when to walk away take a break you know uh, go get some food get away from those machines and if it's online and mobile get up uh, walk around uh, but don't just sit there but you're right we're so addicted to our phones and this with online and mobile especially, 
has just created a greater risk. Mary, for if if I could, because let uh, me first of all remind everybody website phone number and then I want to follow up on that but okay. I want to make sure we say this a couple of times yeah um, to get help for either the person with the gambling problem or their family member who needs some support because of the gambling problem it's 1-800-GAMBLER um, you can call text or chat uh, they have resources on providers if you need counseling. And these are providers who have been trained and have a knowledge of gambling uh, addiction or problems with gambling. Uh, or you can get referred to, which is one of my favorite parts of our center, is we have five certified peer recovery specialists on board. These are individuals with lived experience who've been there, who understand the addiction, who can help guide them to the kind of resources they need. And then we have our website, helpmygamblingproblem.org, specifically for the gambler and or their family members. You can even take a self-assessment on that website to see if you are at, at risk. I, I wonder on, on top of that, right, if you're maybe not at the level where you're starting to worry about whether you have a problem, but you also know, as you dive into those waters, that you're the type of, maybe you are, you do have a certain mm -hmm. type of personality. Is there advice that you could offer to people who are getting into sports betting maybe for the first time? Hey, monitor these things. Watch these things. Don't spend X amount. Are, are there pieces of advice that you could offer for someone who's, again, not at the level where they're ready to make the phone call or anything like that, but just... Be aware of this as you get into sports betting. I think you said it. Uh, don't spend more than you can afford to lose. Don't take money that you would normally spend on other activities with, for yourself, for your family. Um, really look at what your spending is. And if you start to see you're overspending or um, when I say walk away, especially with mobile and online betting, that's harder than walking out of a casino. But take a break. Mm -hmm. You know, realize that you need that time. Uh, to think about it because it's so enticing to know now I not only bet on the game, but I bet on every play in the game. Um, so it can just draw you in so quickly. I will tell you, one of the things that I've noticed for me is chasing. Like when okay. I when I lose, mm -hmm. I have that, I've got to get that back right away. And I end up just making some sort of absurd, like I lose on something that I thought was a surefire winner. And then I turn around and I'm like, Ugh. I have to have that back. I've got it. And then I make some reckless, stupid bet. And then when I realize that I've done that, that's the moment where I say, I got to stop. I got to. I just need to take some time off for a little while because I allowed my emotion to get the best of me. I, my brain stopped functioning in that moment. And that, to me, chasing has been the biggest thing that I've said. When I've gotten to that point, it's time for me to pause. Yeah, chasing loss, uh, you know, chasing your losses after that big win, that's a huge indicator when you start to, to lose that money. Mm -hmm. um, and then you keep going because you want to earn back what you lost and then you want to make more and it just keeps going and going and going. Can I ask, when if somebody calls 1-800-GAMBLER, mm -hmm. right, what, what happens? And, and, I, and I say this because I think, you know, particularly men, mm -hmm. we are not good at this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the, what's the joke on Twitter? Men will do anything to avoid going to therapy, right? Like, we, will, we are not great at this. So can you draw out for me, for someone who maybe needs to make the call but is dealing with anxiety about the idea of making a call, can you draw out for me what it will look like if they pick up the phone right now and call 1-800-GAMBLER? What are the next couple of steps? Yeah, first of all, they're going to ask to be told a little bit about why they're calling. 
you know, uh, what has sparked you to make this phone call today? Tell me a little bit about it. You know, uh, what type of gambling is creating the problem for you? Um, are they open to resources? We're not going to determine for them what resource to take. There's lots of resources. Uh, you don't have to necessarily pick counseling. You may want to talk to a peer specialist. You may want to go to a support group because you're more comfortable with it. Now there are support groups online if you're not even comfortable uh, in going in person. So there's so many options that are available to them. Uh, and most people will take at least one option or more than one. But it's really up to meeting them where that person is at, not forcing them to do something they're not ready for. Mary Drexler, Director of Operations for the Maryland Center of Excellence on Problem Gambling, is in studio with us. Mary, it's, I want to I ask this. The way you say it, is it the same number, the same website, if, if it's not sports betting, right? Like, let's just mm -hmm. say that you've got, you know, a, a, maybe a mother in your life who spends way too much time at the casinos, and that's... That's how she's made, uh, you know, her time in, in older ages, and you're starting to worry about that. Is it the same website, the same phone number for other forms of gambling? Yes, it is. And when you bring up other forms, lottery tickets are huge. Yeah. Instant tickets get people into a lot of trouble, but it's the same number, 1-800-GAMBLER for call, text, or chat. Same website, helpmygamblingproblem.org. Look, I, I appreciated what you said, that, that you don't exist to try to fight the existence of sports betting. Mm -hmm. You're, you're kind of trying to aid mm -hmm. the existence of sports betting. And I think that goes a long way. It's not, it, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, we do. We promote sports books here, right? Like we have partnerships with sports books. And one of the things that we always do is we make sure when we talk about the sports book, we say the number. We give the, it's, it, to me, this is the way, it's not a combative thing. It's not saying no one should ever bet ever. It's, hey, if you're going to do this, there need to be, safety nets. There need to be plans that you're making and understand the way to go about doing this. Yeah, it's all about prevention. We want to do more prevention so more people don't need to go to treatment. Yeah. It really is about prevention. All right, so look look at him right there. All right, look at this I'll talk to him later. All right? Yeah, we're going to go to break in a minute. You, we might need you to have a convert. He plays like eight fight parlays. He, he doesn't know these... He comes in here one morning and he's like, ah, I lost on Liberty Western Kentucky last night. And I'm like, name a player on either of those teams. It's like, uh, so I'm just, maybe I'm a little, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Griffin's fine. He doesn't actually have a gambling problem. But uh, young men in particular, as you said, the yes. ones that. Under 35 tends to be the demographic young males. So. Yep. Yep. Yep, Even I'm, over 35. No, no, we're good. We're good. We've got everything figured out. We're totally fine over here. As you can see, very well adjusted. Not there at you all. Go. Uh, Mary Drexler, it's wonderful Thank for you. you to stop by and spend some time with us. We appreciate the partnership. We're going to continue to get the message out. Again, 1-800-GAMBLER, helpmygamblingproblem.org. You got it. Mary Drexler, Thank thanks you so much very for coming to the studio with us. We'll grab a break. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and tubit to wrap it up for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the high. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the Bat Around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune into the Bat Around every Saturday right here at Pressbox. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on? on at uh, Live Casino and Hotel these days? Yes. Uh, if luck wasn't on your side, maybe you listened to Drew yesterday and bet, oh on, the, my and God. bet on the Red, He's the Devils. He's never been more wrong about anything in his life. That game was ridiculous. Every, every layer of what he suggested. <laughs> bet the Devils in the first period. Capitals led 3-0. Bet the Devils to win the game. Capitals won 6-4. Bet the under. 
Not even close. Ten goals. Every layer of Drew's suggestion missed yesterday. Every single one. Go ahead. Sorry. I went, I went the Devils and uh, Jacksonville State parlay. And, e. and Jacksonville State looked good. Of course. Okay. They, you, know, Jacksonville you say, State of course, like I would know. Like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Yes. Rich Rodriguez, of course. Yeah, sure. the ta- yeah, the Capitals came in and, uh, yeah, played played uh, some, well, they didn't play great hockey, but they played winning hockey. Uh, so, But you can turn those losses into winning opportunities at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland through the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum in two nights a week. 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes, as well as cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or, again, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, about, again, please, please, if you're Drew Forrester, you might want to start thinking about it. Um, Griffin played the video that... He, I, now I feel dumber for having watched this five-minute video. What an utterly bizarre caption. At no point during this video does Robert Griffin III suggest that Joe Flacco wouldn't help Lamar Jackson. In fact, the video is almost the exact opposite of that. It's so insanely weird. Go watch and tell me how it makes sense that this, again, the caption of the video was, they pull it up again, in 2018, my job was to help rookie Lamar Jackson because everyone knew Joe Flacco wouldn't. And then the video is about how Joe Flacco helped Lamar Jackson. It, I remember the moment when... Is he implying, like, before the season started, I everyone was kind no of assuming? Idea. Like, the, the It's so disconnected from what was actually shared in the video. It makes me wonder if it like somebody. I mean, somebody else has got to be running like Robert Griffin the Third's socials. Sometimes, yeah. It, it makes me wonder if like someone else said, "Well, let's just say it this way to try to get some more attention on it." Unfortunately, success. That's the. <laughs> Fortunately, success. God, we are we are failures. We are such failures when it comes to uh, the way that we operate anymore as a society. This is what we do: just say anything. Just say anything. Uh, it's about as weird as it gets, man. Like, watch that video and tell me if it makes you think that Joe Flacco wasn't helpful. Because, it, in, if anything, it does the exact opposite of that and reminds you that Joe Flacco was helpful with Lamar Jackson. And if Robert Griffin's point was that Joe's leadership style was more lead by example and I was more emotional leader, then that's fine but again, it doesn't jive with saying my job was to help rookie Lamar Jackson because everyone knew Joe Flacco wouldn't. Which again, he seems to contradict even within the caption where he says, but would only lead by example and we all understood why. Well, you would think that somewhere in the video you would explain that. But he doesn't. It's just about the pride that he has and whatever role he believes that he played in Lamar Jackson's ascension, which... I, I'm going to say probably minimal, but if I'm Robert Griffin III, I'd, I I don't know that I wouldn't attempt to take credit for it. I, I mean, 
And it's not even like he's... He's not taking... Yeah. It's not like he's trying to suggest that he's the reason why Lamar Jackson is Without having me, success. Without me, he wasn't the MVP in 2019. Yeah, he's not so doing that. what a bizarre, bizarre tweet to send out. And shame on us for biting and... and ugh, God, I hate myself. Uh, it, more shameful? Do you see the other news that was going around yesterday? Um, I would like to think I did, but... There's allegedly a high school football team that's going to play a game coming up soon. Okay. Bishop Sycamore is allegedly set to play a football game. According to a report from... i got to remember where it started. Uh, it, it, Hang on a second. Let me get all the... And make sure I'm, I'm, I'm saying this right. I pulled this from Awful Announcing... Per a report from Zach Joachim of the Richmond Times-Dispatch Wednesday, Bishop Sycamore is scheduled to play Life Christian Academy based in Chester, Virginia at Virginia State University in nearby Petersburg on November 9th. The past few weeks, there has been some message board chatter of a possible game, but this report confirms that indeed the game has been actually scheduled. Here's the from the, uh, the Richmond Times-Dispatch report. Quote, Life Christian Academy football coach David Fitzgerald said the new Bishop Sycamore staff is seeking to revitalize its reputation, and he was contacted. What reputation? There was the only reputation they have is as frauds. Goes on. Bishop Sycamore, they're in a rebuilding process. In order to rebuild, there had to have been something that was ever built. And they basically have worked with a very reputable company that matches high school football games up. Quote, said Fitzgerald, LSA's fir- uh, LCA's first-year coach, adding that the Eagles play all of their home games at uh, Virginia State University. Quote, they're looking to rebound and possibly enter into a league we play in. We needed to fill a game, and we are presented with the opportunity. We spoke with their coaching staff and felt comfortable that they were legitimately moving forward in the right direction. Quote, we're a Christian school. We believe in second chances. We wanted to make this happen, unquote. There is apparently a follow-up that the the person who books the game said the contracts haven't been signed. It's Prep Gridiron, uh, update from Awful Announcing, Prep Gridiron Logistics has seemingly noted that the game contract is not yet finalized in a tweet, which makes it sound like a game contract may not yet be in place despite the acknowledgement of the game by Fitzgerald. Additionally, the message board thread talking about the scheduling of this game has been deleted entirely. Hopefully that means that someone with some amount of power somewhere stepped in and said, no, you're not. No. The shameful and the sad statement of affairs about who we are as a society is that truly the first thing that you would do if you were someone, again, if you watch that documentary, who's stepping in? This was not some structure of many adults and one person went rogue. There was no structure there. The only people were the people that were directly involved, and how would you ever allow them to be involved with anything ever again? Now, allegedly, there's some new coach. It's not Roy Johnson anymore, although Roy Johnson is apparently on message boards you know, still talking about it. And and remember, at the end of the documentary, he was defiant and almost evil and saying, we're going to be back. And the shameful, embarrassing part is that someone anywhere saw that and said, you know, maybe we could take a little advantage if uh, we, you know, if we went back and propped up Bishop Sycamore, we'd have uh, we'd have some branding. People would be aware of us and they could we could try to create it as a 
a great story. Whereas anyone with any amount of leadership would step in and say, no, we're not going to associate ourselves with a scam. We're not going to come in and say, we want to brand ourselves after a scam. It's, it's cult-like. Like, why don't you start a new community group called the Branch Davidians? It's shameful. It is embarrassing. In this country, we love a con. We prove that over and over and over and over and over again. We, we, we will support grifters to their death. It is, it is a shameless. I hope, I pray, that someone that has some amount of authority has the power to step in and say, "No." To whoever these people are that are now involved with whatever the concept of Bishop Sycamore is, they would say, "If you want to go about having some sort of program and a school, a ch- whatever it is." We are not going to allow you to use the name Bishop Sycamore. We, we're, no. We're putting that to bed. I would hope that the players that were taken advantage of would sue to prevent that from being the case, to prevent anyone from profiting off of whatever branding is available from Bishop Sycamore because of the HBO documentary and the news attention that it got when it was discovered to be a fraud. I would hope that someone would have the ability to step in and say, we're not doing this. And I hope that the fact that, you know, well, hey, wait a second, no contract signed yet, is because there is some sort of adult in the room. But it also speaks to the wild, wild west in so many ways of what high school... I don't... There will be a comparison made between what's changed at the college football level and what's going on at the high school football level. Someone will say, what you don't understand is that even these kids are being taken advantage of. They go to these schools where there is profit to be made, where games are going up on ESPN, and the kids are getting nothing out of it. And so we have to change and buck the system because the system allows for the same rich white guys to profit off of high-level high school football, and let's not pretend like it's, you know, similar to like the univer- you know University of Tennessee or anything like that. But whatever profit there is, and we want to change the system so it's more, it reflects more shared profits, so that the people that are involved, the kids, are more a part of it. Somebody would say that to me, and I would listen, but. This ain't it, Chief. And we have seen so many of these kind of fly-by-night academies, charter schools, whatever you want. Remember, Deion Sanders has charmed his way into us completely forgetting about prime prep. His personality has allowed us to forget that that ever occurred, which was, according to a number of people, also a scam. Not at the Bishop Sycamore level. 
And anybody who has worked in this world has dealt with these things where you say, I'm not really sure that what I'm dealing with is on the up and up. And as I said, I it's made me more reluctant. I have I have more heavily scrutinized things that I've dealt with in the aftermath of the Bishop Sycamore thing. We are in a deeply embarrassing society because there are humans that say we could take advantage of this. Someone they announced a Fire Fest 2 and someone said I'll buy a ticket. Because there is no good or bad, there's just fame or not. And the creep behind the fire fest got fame out of it. And so someone said, I'll buy a ticket to what he does next. And it's, what was the, the girl's name? We, we tried to present, they made a documentary, not a documentary, it wasn't a documentary. What was the, Inventing Anna was a, a scripted show. But they made it, they attempted it's the most naked, embarrassing thing. Even in that show, they tried to portray her as though she was not, she was somehow a victim, a grifter. Yeah, but, you know, she wore snappy dresses to court and people like that. In the name of content, it doesn't matter if what you're doing is real. If it's somehow related to content, it has value. And it's shameful, and it's why I get furious about things that I shouldn't. It doesn't really hurt society that we pretend like Logan Paul is a boxer. Really, it doesn't. But it erodes. It erodes the belief that anything is real. Is he hurting society? I guess not. But is it playing a role? Yeah. And we don't want to deal with that because it's not that big. Dude, it's just not that big. You're making... Not here. Not here. Things are what they are. That's not boxing. Anna... It wasn't even her real name. Whatever name they used in the show wasn't actually her name. I don't... Anna Delvey? No. Anna Delvey is either the fake name or the real name. I don't remember which one uh, was which. I think that was the show they used in the show. That was that the name they used in the show. The so the show. Think, yeah. That wasn't then that wasn't her real name. I don't remember what her it was Anna though, if I remember correctly. E, I think so. Anna Delvey. Sorokin? Anna no. Sor- uh, yeah, that sounds right. Anna Sorokin. Yes. Sorokin. Anna Sorokin was her real name. She's not an influencer. She's a con artist. She's a criminal. She is a burglar. She didn't do something for society. But we reward because of fame. We reward. We have made monsters famous. And then as a society, instead of saying, no, these people shouldn't benefit, we allow them to. It's deeply embarrassing. We are a deeply unserious society. Fun. Today's show. I, dude, I, Logan Paul is not a boxer for Jake Paul is a boxer. Neither one of them are boxers, Griffin. Neither one of them. They're not. They go out and they do something that looks kind of like boxing. They're not boxers. They participate in charades. They are con artists. Now, it might not be criminal what they do, 
because they present it as what it is. They don't, in in legal standpoint, bamboozle and say all of this is. They say it's exhibition. It's, but it ain't real, and no one knows if anyone involved is on the up and up because they don't really have to be because they didn't go through layers of protecting the sport. They went through layers of protecting themselves as influencers and their fame. It's shameful, all of it, but not at the Bishop Sycamore level. I do want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not suggesting that the Paul brothers are Bishop Sycamore. That's criminal activity. This is just embarrassing and just another statement about who we are as a society. All this stuff coming out of Ohio, too. What? Oh, the Pauls and the, yeah, right? Yeah, what's going on in Ohio? What's happening there? Nothing good comes out. You just say we get rid of the whole state? Yeah. You're Canada now. Congratulations. You're their problem. Deal with them. Uh, All right. Uh, The printed issue of Press Box is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. This is very much real. This is not a con. This is free. You can go get it right now. Your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, read it all, pressboxonline.com. On the cover, Todd Karpovich looks into the position players who have survived from the Dan Duquette regime to now be a part of the turnaround for the Baltimore Orioles. Santander, Mays, Mullins, Mountcastle. Go pick it up right now, the new print issue of PressBox. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department. Two days from today, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, the public safety building for the hiring event. Written test, agility test, application process, all can be done right there on the spot. It additionally is a community event in the afternoon. They're hosting a trunk or treat, nice safe environment for your kids to come out in their costumes, get some candy. Find out more, join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. Mention the Capitals, they did something that no NHL team has ever done uh, before in the history of in the history of hockey. Uh, they shut out their opponent by t- t- taking four weeks off between the end of the season and the start of the next season. That's a good bit, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they shut out their opponent by three or more goals in the first period. They were up 3-0, I believe, at the end of the first period, and then got shut out by four-plus goals in the second period as the Devils were leading 4-3 to three, um, after uh, after the end of uh, the second period. And then they shut out their opponent again in the third period, 3-0. Okay. And the Capitals I've, won six to four. It's never it's happened. Bizarre AF, man. Thank you, Optostats, with that one. Okay. Um, the Pacers they scored 143 points uh, in their win over the Wizards last night. It's gonna be a long season for the Wizards. The most points by a team by any team in their season opener since 1990, and it's the fifth most points all time ever scored in a season opener. The Pacers over the Wizards, and what should uh, they'll, be, well, they'll be in a lot of high scoring games, I think. The Wizards will be. I mean, I, it is play. it is so sad to me that there are like. Whenever I see there's like still three people, my you know I love my my guy Wayne who comes out to all the Tyus Bowser shows, um, is is like a big basketball person and like he's riding with and he's like doing his he's like dude it's exciting man Jordan Poole it's I'm like no it's Wayne I love you there is nothing. hey they just extended Denny Avdia yeah they know? did that they're very 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 bad as long as they are very very, very bad, bad then this will be a good thing except for the fact that this isn't the year. To have the number one pick. You never know who's going to, you know. Like, they somehow. Jameer Young might not miss a shot ever again. There you go. That's a great point. He's the number one pick somehow next year. Like, 
This isn't. There's no Victor Wembanyama in this draft class. There's no like. There are some years where it's like, dude, be terrible. This is not thought of as like the draft where you well, desperately want to have the number one pick. Well, then maybe you know they play somebody plays. Also, you Jordan Poole plays good enough that the Thunder want to give over one okay. of their thirty-five you have, first round. Picks. You have less and less of a chance of getting the number one pick when you are bad now. Like it's yeah. Go ahead. Um. All right. So my tidbit inspired by yesterday's immaculate grid. I don't know if you played, but it asked for an Oriole with thirty with a thirty-plus home run season. Right now, Ron Holland is projected to be the number one pick in the uh, for the Washington Wizards. Hey oh, hey oh. In the twenty twenty four draft, he's playing for the G League at night. Ignite. Uh, Sounds like a wizard. Yeah. I got nothing else to say. That's all I got. There for have you. been forty six instances of an Oriole uh, of an Oriole season with thirty home thirty plus home runs by twenty seven different players. Uh, you want me to name all 27? Honestly, you, you should, be, should able be able to. to. All right, well, there what have, the hell? Do you want to do it? There, there's been 16 since 2000, which was, which was the Are reasonable one. All right, so Chris Davis, of course. Yes, Chris Davis. Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson is on the list. I got to have to. Yeah, right? I this know. is going to be awkward now. <laughs> I regret I regret this immediately. Um, Frank. Yes. Cal. Yes. Murray. Yes. Boog. Yes. Brooks. Brooks. I don't know that Brooks ever had thirty. Did he ever have thirty? Uh, yeah, I don't know that no, he ever had thirty. Not. Yeah, yeah. I, Eddie, I wasn't an Eddie. actual guess because I remember I caught I caught myself okay. as I started caught to himself. say it. Caught himself. There's one that you're not going to get. Well, I mean, though, there was one player from the '50s that did it. So, I but, don't but was it? Were they an Oreo? Or were they? They were I cut off. I did cut off the Browns. They right. they included three Browns that did it. So I cut those guys off. 1958. Was it George Kell? No, it wasn't George Kell. Did, his name did start with a G, though, his first name. It wasn't Gus Triandos. It was Gus Triandos. Was Gus, Tri- Gus Triandos right, 30 get, home runs You, you better get all 27 of them now. I am stunned that Gus Triandos hit 30 home runs in a season. He had, 30, he had exactly 30. He was the first Oriole ever with 30 home runs in a season in 1958. How about that? Um, uh, Palmero. Uh, yes. Uh, Mount Castle. Mountie. Tejada. Correct. Uh, Mark Reynolds. Correct. One such season, I believe, with the Orioles. Does he really only have one? Only one, yeah. It was uh, 2011 was the only one. I'm a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. Um, how about uh, Trumbo? Correct. It's not good that I'm already starting to slow. <laughs> that is very concerning that I'm already like starting to slow down a little bit. And who am I missing here? Uh, how about, no, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, yes. Uh, oh, God, this is bad. This is not, shut up, shut up over, shut up over there, shut up you. Got 13. Uh, did Eric Davis hit 30 home runs? Eric Davis did not, only one Davis as an Oriole has done it. That's the first one I officially got wrong. Just for the record, it's the first one that I officially. JJ Hardy ended up getting the thirty home runs. JJ Hardy in twenty in twenty eleven, thirty home runs exactly. How about? How about? Man, why am I? Uh, no, 
now I'm now I'm like now it's messing with me. I'm like what am well, I? Uh, Harold Baines had a thirty home run season. Didn't Harold he? Baines did not. He didn't have a thirty home run season. Really? No, he did not. Not with the Orioles. Oh, this is bad. Oh well, Cedric Mullins, of course, because he went thirty for thirty or thirty thirty. Cedric Mullins. Thirty for thirty would be on ESPN. Maybe there will be a thirty for thirty about Cedric Mullins at some point. But he is Cedric Mullins, the second most recent. Uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado's done it several times. You're saying he's the second most recent because Mountcastle is the most well, recent. Well, Mountcastle did it in 2012. There's a guy who did it in in 22. 22. 30 home runs in 22. I know. I kind of forgot, too, that he hit 30. Santander? Santander. Yeah. Uh, Albert Bell. Albert Bell, yes. In what year was that? That was 97. No, 90, 99. Sorry. Jim Gentile. Jim Gentile. Correct. Uh, the second Oriole ever to hit 30 home runs in a season in 1961. Trey Mancini. Correct. I still have seven more to go? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who am I blanking on? Did Kenny Singleton ever get the 30 home runs? He did. Kenny Singleton. Sweet swinging. Ken Singleton with the Orioles in 79. He had 32. Or sorry, thirty-five. He was. His I wasn't alive. That's the reason I don't remember. Otherwise, I definitely, definitely would have gotten it. I'm trying to think of old guys that you uh, missed. There's one. Yeah, one uh, before the millennium that you have not gotten. One before the millennium that I did not get. One before the millennium. Uh, late nineties. Uh, late eighties. Late eighties. Late eighties. Nineteen eighty-seven, to be exact. 87 Oriole that hit 30 home runs. Eddie Murray hit 30 home runs in 87, as well as... It was a bad team, bro. Uh, 30 home runs, 87 Orioles. I'm trying to think of what I can say without... He just it wasn't Fred Lynn. No. He's still in the area. Still in Larry Sheets? Larry, Larry Sheets. Sheets hit 30 home runs. 31 in 1987. How about that? All right, and everybody else was after the millennium, you say. The There's, what, six bad, others? Yeah. Bad Orioles after the millennium, baby. Bad <laughs> teams in there. Uh, okay. Did Weeders have a 30 home run season? Weeders did not. Did. Jesus. This is this is tough. Did I don't think Marcakis ever had a 30 home run season? No, he did not. Scope. Jonathan Scope, yes. One. With the Orioles in uh, in 2017, Adam Jones. Adam Jones, yes. Adam Jones had multiple. Man, there's still three more. Did Melvin Mora have a 30 home run season? No, Melvin Mora did not. Hey, uh, did Luke Scott have a 30 home run? No, season? he did not. All right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess at this point. Conine? Early, early 2000s. Early 2000s. Early. Javi Lopez? Not Javi Lopez. Uh, early 2000s. Early 2000s. We got one early 2000s, one late 2000s. One early 2000s, one late 2000s. Um, Tony Batista? Tony Batista in 2002. He had 31 home runs. Late 2000s. Like 2020? 2000, no, yeah, no, 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 2008, like nine. Oh, it, it was 2008 was the season. 2008, 2008. 
God. Wasn't Kevin Millar? No. He is a not highly Oh, regarded. Aubrey Huff. Yeah, son of a bitch. And am I still missing one? You're missing one from uh, from 2019. So yeah, late 2010. Really bad Orioles team, man. You're it asking was. me to remember other. They were two 30 home run hitters. There was Trey Mancini was one in 2019, and then the other this 30 guy. home run hitter in 2019 would have been. Damn, man. It wasn't Jonathan VR. No, it wasn't Jonathan VR. He would have I guess he would have been a 3030 guy if VR did it, yeah. Man, I might not come up with this. He played he played in the infield. Oh, was it um Ruiz or, or Nunez? Renato Nunez, Nunez had thirty one homers Absolutely in twenty nineteen. Zero chance. I was gonna remember that Renato Nunez had a thirty home run season. God damn. There you go. Twenty seven of them. Wow. All right. Now, now, now name the St. Louis Browns. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Ken Williams. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one. <laughs> I got one. Goose Goslin and Harlan oh, Cliff. Of course. Harlan Cliff. Sure. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tonight. Thursday night football, Buccaneers, Bills, 8.15 on Amazon Prime Video. College football, ESPN, Syracuse, Virginia Tech at 7.30. ESPN 2, Georgia State, Georgia Southern at 7.30. Basketball tonight, TNT, Sixers, Bucks at 7.30. Suns, Lakers at 10.00. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Wild Flyers at 7.30. A friendly between Colombia and the United States women at 9 o'clock on TBS. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Mm, not really. New okay. episode of Loki on Disney Plus. Keegan-Michael Key is going to be on Stephen Colbert. Um, I don't think I've started... Uh, I don't even know that I finished the first season of Loki. I probably yeah. did. Um, yeah, I probably you probably did. did. I, yeah, it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, but I needed to get started on this season. Um, I also didn't Morgan watch, Freeman will be on I, Seth Meyers. I probably missed like two entire seasons of Marvel shows. Yeah, but I think we can get around those. Just do uh, I need to, what do I need to watch before the Marvels movie comes out? Um, good question. Probably Loki. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens in Loki. Okay. Um, I don't know. Probably just be up to date on the movies. I would think. All right. When you say that the uh, there was a show that involved. I mean, like the girl there might be like something like this the, small. The, in the, the no, movie. what was the, sh- the there's the girl um, that's now part of the movie. It came from a show about that girl. Was she Miss Marvel? No, it's not Miss Marvel. It it's was, like uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Shoot, like there was, was a, a younger girl that's now part of the 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 Marvels. Um, oh damn! Was it. her name was that America? No, I don't know, man. And I don't know. You're gonna you have to. Uh, that's your assignment. For me, and when does the Marvels movie come out? November. God, we are. Marvel, it's got. This is not a great sign. It's not a great sign for Marvel that this is what we're dealing with now. They've, it is yeah. not a great sign that we are sort of like. Eh. She was the girl. So America was the girl from America Chavez was from Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Right. Um. But what does that have to do with the Marvels? I'm thinking. I don't know because okay. I don't know what the Marvels is about. We're we're killing it. We're killing it over here. Look at the. This, Throw it back. This to me sounds tomorrow. like Mike Francesa talking about. <laughs> Throw it back to me tomorrow. Yeah, you, you, we'll study that. Study that, and then we can talk about John Jones not fighting too. Okay, so yeah, uh, so yeah, it's Brie Larson is. We know yeah. that. That's not the. I'm talking about the young girl. Uh, yeah, that's Miss Marvel. Okay. 
What? Yeah. In the Marvels? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be, it's Miss Marvel. There's Captain Marvel and then there's Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And was the show called Miss Marvel? Yeah, I believe it was. Do I need I to watch that, that in order to watch the movie? I guess you probably. Damn it. <laughs> Try to you watch until, the, you to watch the wrestlers on Netflix. Yeah. You have until November 10th. All right, I got some time. <laughs> I might not be able to Marvels. read the Magic Johnson book anymore. <laughs> Do we have any more books that we got to deal with? Um, I don't think any coming up, no. All right. God, I need, a, scheduled. I need a break. I've done too much reading. I've done all my reading for the year. I can't do anymore. All right, thanks today to um, Victor D. Mukherjee of the Cardinals, Baltimore native. Thanks also to uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Thanks to Dan Minucci. Thanks to Ken Zalis. Thanks to Mary Drexler for stopping by. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, anything? Stan will be in tomorrow. Stan will be Bo in Smoke tomorrow. will join us tomorrow. I believe we will be talking Terps football with Anthony Heron. Ah, Big Ten Networks. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then stuff and things. Okay, very good. Thanks, everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go nobody. Duke sucks.